It's Big Drew and Jim. I'm not alone on this island, all right? <laughs> I think this is another one of those islands you die on, man. Oh. Big Drew. The no, that's trophies. why I don't know what it's called, because it doesn't matter. And Jim. You say tomato, I say casserole. Oh, it is so much fun. I'm going to take that as a compliment. Don't. It's not. This is Big Drew and Jim. Boom! Welcome aboard! Oh my goodness! Oh, mm, ahoy and ahoy! Oh wow! Drew, have I said I love this audience? Yes, uh, repeatedly and often sarcastically. In this instance, it is not sarcasm. They have come through yet again. Yeah, I don't know if I'm proud of you guys or disappointed. So last week, we I'm got very a su- confused mostly. I don't believe it. I'll let you stump for Swift here in just a second. But this is kind of cool. Last week, out of the blue, listener Cam sent me a Jaguars hat for my temporary fandom. It was a camo concoction. So it was uh, a real tree or like mossy oak kind of. Yeah, one of those deals. Y'all, y'all who hunt things would know the company better than I would. I'm being very honest. I don't, I don't do the murder shoots in. I wore it on Friday for the picks. You look like an idiot. And I definitely looked like an idiot when I wore it on Sunday for the little preview video over on Facebook Live. Oh, my goodness. And the Lions won in convincing fashion, and this audience wants to keep that momentum going. I've made no secret about the fact that I'm a Falcons fan this week, how I'm rooting for Matt Ryan to find Julio Jones another couple times, and I want Patricia out. So Nick, a different listener... Sent this in the mail, Drew. It arrived today. It is oh a camo Falcons hat. The Dirty Birds represented the studio this week. For the record, uh, Nick was on Twitter on on Sunday talking about how he needed to get Jim a Falcons hat after, he, like, dur- it was during the win, wasn't yeah, it? He's yeah, like, it was during he's, the win. He's like, I want the Lions to keep winning, and if yeah. we got to keep getting you stupid camo hats to do it, I'm well, in. No. He was tweeting really nice ones, like, like, re- like the ATL hat, the, yeah. like, Big dirty bird across the phone. Look, man, I'm on lids constantly. Those are like forty, forty-five dollar hats. Fifty dollar hats. Yeah. yeah, with shipping. You're right. I was like, whoa, you were like, whoa, please whoa. don't give, dude. Him that. Please, like, don't. And also, here's my size instead of Jim. <laughs> Those are dope hats, and I like the city of Atlanta at the very least. But no, you. I, his whole thing was he wanted to replicate as close as possible, and here it is, literally the exact same hat, but with a Falcons logo on it. So I'm, I'm starting is, a little bit is, of a collection. This is disgusting. You should raffle off the collection for charity at the end of the season. Maybe I will. Now, the question is next week, who's going to step up with a Colts hat? Just putting it out there. I can tell you it will not be me. <laughs> it will not be me. Temporary Falcons fans, unite! You don't have a cutesy little battle cry? No Duval this week? I, I got to learn a little bit as the week goes on here. I don't have an LG Crumpler jersey. Crump bump! Or a... Uh, what were we talking? Keith Brooking. Oh. One of the trading cards of Keith Brooking. Oh, Fongers, you had some gems that you were throwing out. Well, the obvious one that we missed off the bat, gentlemen, was Andre Risen. Andre, yeah. Chris yeah. Chandler. You threw out uh, Jamal Anderson. That's a favorite. The dirty Bird. Oh, buddy. Oh, the, I'm buddy. looking Warwick at. Warwick Dunn. Warwick Dunn's a good one. Tony Gonzalez is another good oh, one. Oh, yeah. Gonzalez is probably one of the three most iconic Atlanta Falcons. Is Warwick Dunn like underrated in the all-time running back conversation or am I just a child of the 90s? You are a 866-314-9696. I didn't even remember Chris Chandler until you said his name, Fonkers. Like these people you just forget about. By the way, you can be screaming Fulton County. That's where Atlanta is based out of. Fulton! That's, I don't think that's how it rip, works. Rip, rip! You need to check in with T.I. 
He's apparently the. Is, is he the Falcons fan? Like when you when you want Miami Heat opinions, you go to Rick Ross. Apparently, when you want my when you want Atlanta Falcons information, Ti is the man you go to. He was on uh, he was on on air calling for the trade of Matt Ryan. So I uh, you know he has he has a podcast if you weren't aware. So are he and I beefing because I'm hoping Matt Ryan looks good this week. No, I, I think I think Ti is I a got fan. A beef with Ti. That's what you're no, telling you're not, me. You and Ti don't have beef. You don't you don't want to beef. I probably want none of that. Smoke. No, not with TIP. <laughs> nah, man. Nah. Uh, but, you know, he is definitely, it is It is a guy who I think, TI feels like a fan much more like me, Jim. Not like you. Where he wants his team to win, and if they're not winning, then he wants to trade everyone. He's not actively rooting for his team he to is lose. Not, no, he is in not. In order to uproot and fire one of the worst coaches in franchise history, he's not like that. He is not a misery vendor like you, no. A misery vendor. Yeah, you like that one? I, I got to switch it up from fun vampire every now and then. Because you are a fun vampire. Because so you, you, <laughs> you don't suck blood. You just suck. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I wanted to give you the opportunity to stump for DeAndre Swift, Drew. I know you were very vocal with the performance he had over the weekend. He had a breakout game against the Jaguars, and you hope the momentum never stops. I, I, I hope I hope that despite the stupidity of this quote, Matt Patricia gets out of both his own way and DeAndre Swift's way. This was a quote we played for you guys a lot, but I want to make sure people hear this. Did he do enough to earn more carries going forward? I mean, we got a great running back room. I love all those guys. So, I mean, you know, if we can hand the ball off at three times at the same time, that'd be great. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll give it to all of them. We'll give one to Cavindo. Uh, no, sir. Somebody, somebody, somebody bring me Matt Patricia's hand so I can slap it. No. That is a dumb thing to say. Dumb. Jim, I worry very much for two reasons about the progress of DeAndre Swift. The man who you should not have hesitated come Monday morning to say, look at that. We gave DeAndre the six weeks he needed to get healthy. He's now our lead back. Adrian can't wait to support him in a veteran role. DeAndre Swift is the lead back of the Detroit Lions. We can't wait moving forward. That's that, not, is, that is not what the Lions coaching staff is saying at all, and that makes me nervous. Well, it's, it's not what Bevel said this week either, Drew. <sighs> uh, is this the quote that you want me to play? should be the only Bevel one. Crap. We go in with a plan. As the game goes along, you know, you have to have a feel for the game. And, um, you know, so Adrian goes in with, with, the first, with the first bit of carries. But everybody has kind of a specific roles or even specific plays. Carry on's kind of our third down guys, our third down runner. He's our third down protection back. And then as you're just watching it, you know, you're trying to get a feel for how it's going. And Swift, Swift was really running the ball well. Um, he got some nice, you know, some nice blocks up front and was able to take advantage of them, particularly on the, you know, the big long run. Um, and then just kind of continue to ride it from there. He also mentioned Peterson as the number one running back a couple more times in, in all of his weekly chat. Peterson's the number one. He starts the game. He gets the first carries, and then we go from there. No. Bad, Daryl. Bad. No. No. No dessert for you. No treats. Nothing until you learn your lesson. This, Jim is the realization of my great fear of the Lions signing Adrian Peterson. Can I tell you, this is one of those times, and I know you don't know what this feels like because you, you, you have yet to mature enough to experience this feeling. 
this is a situation where I'm really mad that I'm right. I know you really revel in every time that you're right, Jim. You, you have yet to get to the point where you can hate being right. But I am really mad that I'm right about this. DeAndre Swift just had a phenomenal performance, Jim. You were in your staticizing the other day, listing off exactly how wonderful, how, dare I say, historical, monumental the performance of DeAndre Swift was comparatively in Lions history. Am I over- representing that so DeAndre Swift had 100 yards and two touchdowns as a rookie the last one to do it Barry Sanders in 89 that guy was okay so I mean there's certainly buzz around DeAndre Swift I get where you're coming from and by the way I'd like to mix that in like people are excited about DeAndre Swift well who's the last Lions rookie you were this excited about is there a name that comes to mind because a lot of people are getting up off their couch on the 54-yard run a lot or, of people or on the big up. truck that he had later in the game on a safety. A lot of people click an order on that NFLshop.com jersey. So, Drew, like, who is it for you, the last rookie that you felt this excited about or, or this you were pounding the table demanding more of? Uh, that I was right about or that I was wrong uh, I don't, about? You don't even have to be right. Because I pound my hands on the table a lot for rookies. Like, I was a big Miles Killebrew guy. Oh, yikes. I, I remember being excited for on Johnson not that long ago and thinking he was going to be the number one running back. Yep. He had a 100-yard game against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football, and we all thought, there's your new lead guy. And then he, fit, he followed it up with 158 yards later in the year with a dominant rushing performance. And you're going, okay, all right. This is the, the rookie I want to be excited about. So that's the only thing I'd say about DeAndre Swift is, Drew, we can all think of a rookie that we remember having a big game. No, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm not saying that this is a guarantee. This is the dude. Hallelujah. We found the solution, right? I, I don't want to come across that way. But I would like to come across that I believe in DeAndre Swift apparently more than his coaching staff does. The, the fact that Bruce – that we're, we're still sit, sitting here. Daryl Bevel is still sitting here saying – Adrian Peterson is first in. He gets the first carries. And then we determine how everyone... No! Guys! Dad eats first, then everybody that's, else. Yeah. That's got to be part of the reason Peterson agreed to sign with the Lions. I was trying to figure it out. I was trying to figure it out. And Fongers, I don't know if you had the same issue I did. I was trying to figure out why in the world Peterson signs that deal with the Detroit Lions. Because that's not a franchise that's getting Peterson closer to winning a Super Bowl than he was in Washington. It wasn't a franchise that really looked lined up to give him a ton of carries to prove something or pad his stats, and it didn't seem like it was, you know, people wanted to say, oh, yeah, he wants to go back and beat the Vikings. He's had years to do that. Yeah, I think that one's kind of I think we're the window. I think we're finding out that Adrian Peterson, I, and I don't, I don't want to say Daryl Bevel promised him X number of carries per game, but I'd be willing to bet Bevel promised him, no, no, you'll be the lead back all season. We'll put you in first all season long. Your job to lose your role is guaranteed. Some sort of Some like sort that. of something about you'll you get, might be right. And and again. Because if a swift performance like that doesn't vault him up as the number one guy. Then does it th- change the gears for this offensive yeah. coaching staff? Because, Jim, I'm telling you, it's time to shift. Well, and Drew, even in that quote where he says, you know, you, you have to have a feel for the game and ride the hot hand. Swift led the team in touches, but he didn't lead the team in rushes. 
Peterson had nearly the same number of touches for the game and one more run than DeAndre Swift had, and we saw how lethal Swift was in that game. Drew, I think there's no doubt about it. They're going to continue to split carries. Which M- is- much to your chagrin, it's going to be a committee role for the entire season. Can I actually push back? It's not to my chagrin. I don't care if they split carries-ish. I'd, I'd still like it to be Swift gets two more, right? But I think you need to show the rookie that this is his team. That this is not Adrian Peterson's squad. He needs to be the guy who goes in first. This this is, Jim, I have been saying this a lot this season because yeah. I have yet to buy into an idea that this season is about winning football games. To me, this season is another one that's about changing the way this team is looked at, changing the attitude of this football team, changing the perception of my beloved Detroit Lions. And, and Jim... The perception needs to be that DeAndre Swift is the lead back. This this needs to be a coaching staff that says, this rookie is performing. We believe in him. It doesn't matter that Peterson is the veteran. You If you come to Detroit, you can win a job. Drew, I hope he becomes the number one running back. I do. I'm just telling you, this exercise of like the last player you were excited about explains why I'm a, a little more cautious. Carry on, Johnson. I gave it to you. Before him... I mean, Mikel LaShore had 100 yards and a touchdown in his very first game as a Lion. Javid Best led the team in rushing his first season as a Lion. Kevin Smith had some 100-yard games. Kevin Jones was a 1,000-yard back as a rookie, had nearly 200 in one game. Were they lead backs? Were they the guy to replace Barry and give the Lions a potent rushing attack for the first time in decades? Eh, Not really. No, (laughs) but do do you know what I would push back at you, Jim? They at least got the chance. Okay. They at least got the chance, and all I'm asking for, and I'm not, and and I, I hope I've a been, little respect. I want my damn respect too, Jim. I, I'm not asking for us to to crown DeAndre Swift. I don't want to anoint the man. I, I'm not trying to color in pictures of him with a lion's mane. Right? That's not that's not what I'm out here doing. Okay. I'm saying with that performance last week, even against a bad Jags team. DeAndre Swift, or any player, if it's on Johnson, I'm having the same conversation with you, by the way. Any player who does that, while the other guy on your team has one more carry and only 40 yards, you've earned the right to be number one. You have usurped him for this week. Jim, did you ever see the movie The Count of Monte Cristo? No. In the movie, they, they toss a chess piece back and forth. Kings to you, my friend, right? Kings to you. This isn't saying Adrian Peterson is done. He's washed. It's over for him. It means this is saying Kings to Swift. Yeah. He's moved in front now. This is a season-long race, Jim. 16 games involved. This this is Mario Kart, bro. We're only on lap one. Carry on sitting there with the big spiked blue shell ready to surprise everybody. (laughs) I think he's talking about Bo Scarborough. 866-314-9696. 866-314-9696. Coppercraft Distillery Hotline is 866-314-9696. Does DeAndre Swift deserve to be the lead back? I say yes. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Find out what it means to. I want my damn respect, too. <laughs> when we come back, I want to know the last Lions rookie that you were this excited for. And then, Drew, you got something for us. There's another toxic NFL locker room, and it's not Detroit, and it may explain why Patricia is still coaching. Big Drew and Jim. Dear sports, please, please never leave us again. Love always, Big Drew and Jim.
talk about stopping the run. Obviously, that was the number one goal. It's the number one goal every week, you know, when you're playing anybody in this league, especially. And then we talked about it. If we can do that, we get some more, uh, some more pass rush going and catching up on some of the guys. You know, some of the stuff you guys are talking about. You want to get some more pass rush, so we try to create some more pass rush for you. And then, you know, I know you guys are always talking about the man versus the zone, and I feel you guys wanted some more zone, so I tried to play some more zone for you. So ended up working out. We'll see how it goes this week with this guy. Oh, he's a giver, Drew. For you guys. He did it for you guys. That's Corey Undlin, Lions defensive coordinator. They brought the pressure. They played zone just to make us happy, Drew. Just so happened to give them their most impressive defensive performance in years. Lions try to make it two in a row. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They play Atlanta this week. We've been asking people, because you've been stumping for Swift now this whole week. Why is he not the lead back? I asked people, who's the last rookie you were this excited about? We'll continue to take more of those. Yeah. We want to get you guys calls, 866-314-9696. It's the Coppercraft Distillery Hotline. How you guys can get hold of us, 866-314-9696. If the Lions do make it two in a row, you'll win Coppercraft Distillery. 50 bucks to Coppercraft Distillery. We pull winners on Mondays. Sign up at ESPN961.com. And Sam asked the question, in all honesty, do you think Swift cares, especially being behind the legend that AP is? And look, no. I'm not telling you I I think DeAndre Swift cares. I'm telling you I think the perception of the guy who is better right now is your number one back is what's important throughout the league. If I'm someone else looking at Detroit as, hey, I'd like to maybe sign there in the future. Well, that's great, but, you know, if we promised a guy something in free agency, we're going to just make sure that winning football games is less important than what we told a guy. Like, I don't understand how after that week you don't go to Adrian and go, hey, man, DeAndre's the number one back now. And Adrian doesn't go, no, that's cool. He was better than me this week. I'll have to be better than him next week. Yeah, ride the hot hand. Ride the hot hand. I, I don't understand and will never understand this idea of like, and Jim, you're familiar with this, right? You go into a football game with with some sort of a plan, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I, you, you've heard everything from like the first 15 plays are scripted to like the first X number of plays, right. the first quarter, whatever, 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 whatever. To hear Daryl Bevel speak to an idea that they have already plotted out the percentage number of plays and carries for each running back before the game starts. And by the way, Jim, to have that statistically backed up with the fact that the past two games, DeAndre Swift has played the exact same percentage of snaps, 38% in the last two games, is a little unnerving to me. For a coaching staff where, again, as much as Undlin makes his joke about like, Oh well, we you know we wanted to do that for you guys. You guys like a little more man the zone, so we want to do that for you guys. A little zone over man, we do that for you guys. Jim, I I am I am baffled at the idea that they think that's the biggest criticism. Not well, you guys don't adjust in game because Daryl Bevel's statements there that we we played for you guys of him saying, well, Adrian's the first back in, and then you know we've got. 
certain plays that are specific to certain guys and carry ons the third down back and like how is this any different than the Jim Bob Cooter offense where we knew exactly what the play was going to be because Theo Riddick was in the backfield? Right. How? How, how is this a good plan? And again, Bevel may be oversimplifying for the press, and that, that's still okay, I guess, but man, Swift should be number one at this point. I'm not telling you he should care, but I'm telling you if I'm a free agent on the outside looking in going, I want to go to Detroit, oh, that's how Detroit does it? Well, not just that. I think everybody wants the ball. I mean, Oh, clearly everybody wants the ball. Yeah. Be- Bevel went on and he talked about Marvin Jones later in the press conference, and he said, you know, Marvin's a guy who thinks he can help us win when he gets the ball. So he's obviously frustrated. Now he's doing so much in the run game, and we're trying to get him involved. Guys want the ball in their hands. Yeah. I mean, these are Wait a competitive you're guys. Me athletes, football players want yeah. the ball. So, I mean, Swift clearly wants as many touches as he possibly can get, and when he runs that way, it's hard to deny him, although the coaching staff is trying their darndest. We've got some responses. You're – you're excited Lions rookies. Paul says last time he was this excited was Kenny Galladay. Big catch in his first game of his rookie season. Uh, Josh says after the Big 12 title game back in the day, Sue yeah. was the Lions rookie that he was most excited for. And uh, Wayne says Javid Best comes to mind for him. And Kevin Jones. Both had solid rookie years but didn't go anywhere after that. Let's go to Jimmy in Grand Rapids. Jimmy, you're on with Big Drew and Jim. What's up, fellas? Um, to echo that Javid Best uh, sentiments, uh, I used to watch highlights because I'm a big highlight guy of college. And, you know, it's all their best plays. So I'm watching him run for, I think it was Cal. And I seen him, you know, they started off the highlight with him getting his head injured. Yeah. So I'm like, mm, you know, and then he comes back and he's electric. And my most memorable moment was the Monday night game, I believe, against the Bears, where he split Briggs and Erlacher and just torched them. And, you know, I had, a, I had a bunch of fans over and some Bear fans, too, at the house. Everybody's just, just going crazy. And I think he shredded them for, like, I don't know if it was, like, 180 yards. I'm just throwing this out. I don't know, but I just know that Monday night game was like, oh, he's here. This is the back we needed since Barry. And then he gets hurt and turf toe and concussions and, and, and his career's over. All I'm saying with Swift is – and you're not doing it, Drew, but people shouldn't anoint him. I no. think you've had the right the right approach here, which is earn more carries each week, and he has. Earn more carries each week and worry about it from there. Carry uh, on Johnson at one point was that guy. You know, Adrian Peterson to start the season was that guy. And I would say at least for next week, DeAndre Swift should be that guy. I'm with you. Definitely with you. Hey, you know, we've done a lot about, like, hey, Matt Patricia and should he be the coach of the Lions and who's the next coach fired? And we probably think Gase is the next coach fired, Drew. Is that fair to say? Uh, Gase has been atop our list of the guy who should have already been fired by now. I'm baffled as to how Gase keeps the job. Well, and when I mentioned Bill O'Brien being fired, you said, well, he lost the locker room, right? Adam Gase, it feels like he may have lost the locker room. Matt Patricia... At times early in his tenure, people speculated, was he losing the locker room? Right. Drew, I think there's a coach we need to start talking about when it comes to losing the locker room, this toxic environment now for the Dallas Cowboys. Drew, yeah. I'm sure you've seen some of these anonymous quotes coming out of Cowboys camp, an embarrassing loss on Monday Night Football. Say what you want about Patricia. We're not seeing this stuff or hearing this stuff in Detroit right now. Two Cowboys players decided to break ranks, telling NFL Network's Jane Slater that the team's coaching staff is, quote, totally unprepared. They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. Another Cowboy player added, 
They just aren't good at their jobs. Whew. <laughs> the Cowboys are allowing the fifth most points in league history after six games. They're giving up. They've given up 24 touchdowns on the season. That's good for a touchdown per quarter that they've allowed so far. Drew, it's ugly, and the players are starting to crow about it. That's a level of dysfunction that, that does it put McCarthy immediately, or at the very least their D.C., Mike Nolan, on the hot seat immediately? Like, we started talking, Patricia should be fired, Patricia should be fired. Are there other guys at the front of the line right now? And that's the argument when this stuff starts to come out. It's funny, CBS Sports had an article, the headline was, Five moves Dallas could make to save the season. And I scrolled all the way through, and it's weird. Firing their head coach wasn't on the list. Really weird, because I think that's a move Dallas could make to save the season. Jim, I think it's part of why, and this may seem strange, but I think it's part of why the Lions have not, I guess, as an organization, discussed Matt Patricia being let go this season. Right is because despite our discontent, God, I think you may be at the point of malcontent. Hmm. That's not what you're really hearing from the players this year in Detroit. Right, was it Carrion? We're 200% behind him. Everyone's saying, we believe in this defense. We Reggie believe Ragland in this. Said co- we, yeah, Reggie Ragland at one point said we should be undefeated. We've got the right coach. Like they, Minshew they, said they're a well-coached defense. I can't believe he said. There's there's an audio record of someone saying a Patricia yeah. team is well-coached. Here. Uh, they're very good defense, very well-coached. It's right there. What? Uh, they're very good defense, very well-coached. Yeah, I'm, I'm as baffled as you are. Yeah. So so not, not the anonymous slander of the coaching staff? No, and, and I guess, Jim, that's the weird thing that I'm going to continue to bring up to you. I, I will now put Gase, I will put Mike McCarthy, and I, I may even find a few others to put ahead of Matt Patricia in line for might be fired before the end of the season. Jim, yeah. while the expectation put on Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn by Sheila Ford and the previous owner of the Lions, her mother, Martha, may God bless her and keep her, saint of a woman, The expectation was make the playoffs, right? Mm -hmm. For the Detroit Lions, a franchise mired in years of terrible, right? I'm not exaggerating. I'm not trying to tell you. I'm not trying to tell you the Lions can never win. I'm not trying to tell you this is the fault of them being named the Detroit Lions. Look, I'm setting the stage. These are the Detroit Lions, and the expectation for Quintricia is make the playoffs or you are fired. Jim... You are hearing Dallas players turn on the coaching staff while they're first place in the division still because the players believe in Dallas, not Detroit, Jim. The players in Dallas believe that their coaching staff is detrimental to them winning football games, that their coaching staff is actively preventing a team without its starting quarterback from winning football games. A team that had its star running back fumble twice, leading to 14 points for the other team. All of Zeke's turnovers this season have actually led to touchdowns for Dallas's opponents. And yet, Jim, the Dallas locker room seems to be pointing its fingers, and and Jim... I'm not seeing a lot of players rushing to the defense of Mike McCarthy and this coaching staff, are you? 
two anonymous players said this, and you haven't seen a single one come out going, whoa, whoa, that's how it's, these guys are great. It's not, it's not happening. USA Today's touchdown wire headline with Mike McCarthy in charge of the Cowboys implosion comes as no surprise. The author even points out that they expressed grave concerns over the hiring of Mike McCarthy when it happened. McCarthy, to his point, green baited up. He was asked about the, uh, about the criticism. Quote, I haven't been a part of any of those type of discussions. <laughs> right, so let me just break this down. We saw these. This is one of the biggest stories today. Because well, well, this, this is where I think McCarthy is, is not a current NFL coach, Jim. And, and tell me if you're with me on this. This quote, and, and you're going to enjoy this. I've always stated this to every team that I've coached. I think it's important to handle things as men. If you do have something to say publicly that is of most importance, I think it's important to say it to that individual, particularly in a group dynamic setting, especially in the game of football, especially for the Dallas Cowboys. That's all part of the development of our program, of the system we're installing here. Jim, part of the system they're installing here is if you have a problem with Mike McCarthy, you come tell Mike McCarthy, and then he can trade your ass away before you can tell the press about it. Well, you know, it's funny, because I heard Greeny today on ESPN like, Radio, and he come said— Come on! And what a dumbass! Greeny goes, if you're going to criticize the coach, put your name on it. And I'm oh, thinking, I'm thinking, no. That's right. Do I want to get my ass benched? That's like, right, no, Jim. No, no, thank you. If you're going to go to HR, you might as well walk into the president's office and tell him to go screw himself. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm cool. That's not how it works! I, listen— little different with HR, but but I get your, your analogy there. I'm not going to the press with my name on it to get myself benched or traded and, and harm my career over it. But I do, if, if it's as bad as these guys say it is, where they're not making adjustments, they're not even teaching technique, and, and, and they're just not doing their job. I mean, Drew, hard to argue with the results on the field. You know what I'm saying? Hard to argue that there's not a disconnect with the players and the coaches in Dallas. And to your point, Drew, you have not seen that in Detroit. That the team in Detroit hasn't revolted against Matt Patricia this season. Or Corey Unlin, or, you know. That that is some saving grace. That the players in Dallas feel they are being limited by their head coach, but the players in Detroit do not go to that same extent. 866-314-9696 on the Coppercraft Distillery Hotline. It's the biggest story today in the NFL. Dallas players calling out their coaches, calling out the staff. Uh, and, it, and it does put those guys on a hot seat that I don't think anybody anticipated in year one. I like this from Brandon, by the way, and I, I think this is a we as Lions fans can relate. Do you think Cowboys fans are calling about Garrett, like calling radio stations about Garrett the way Lions fans do about Caldwell? Oh, I guarantee it. Yeah. I no, Brandon, good that. comparison. Good, 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 good comparison there. Good comparison there. Kevin says, as a Green Bay fan, let me talk to you Dallas fans. <laughs> yeah, Packers fans like we don't miss them. Oh, no. We don't, we don't uh, miss and, them. And by the way, hold on. And, and I do, Kevin, I do want to take a little umbrage with the back half of your tweet. He says, and Rodgers was the issue in Green Bay. Oh, okay. Kevin, can I tell you Venn diagram time, baby? 
both things can be the issue. Okay, but Drew, they're not equally to blame. No, 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 no. Look at post-breakup right. and look Listen, at how one's doing versus how the other's doing. Mike McCarthy can be a really bad football coach that does not exempt Aaron Rodgers from being a douchebag. He can be a douchebag who's really good who's at football, really good at and, football. And, and, and was Agreed. right and the smarter person and should have been making those calls because Aaron Rodgers is, what is he now, 17-4? and four? In the regular season since McCarthy left? He's also can, f- can we check in how McCarthy's football team is doing now that he's in charge without Aaron Rodgers can at I quarterback? Offer, can I offer you another stat? Oh, stat man. Oh, stat, a statistician. Yeah. Stat fellow. Aaron Rodgers this season is 0-1 playing real football teams. <laughs> okay. Thank you for that. I, it's a real stat, Jim. I didn't make it up. Real stat. 0-1 against real football teams. I, I, I'm saying I don't think it's a hot take to suggest that Rodgers was more of a reason for Green Bay's success than Mike McCarthy. I don't disagree. Listen, I don't disagree with you there. I don't disagree with you that, that Aaron Rodgers was far more responsible for the success of the Green Bay Packers than Mike McCarthy. I can also say that I think they were equally responsible for the discord in the locker room. Is that fair? The on-field success, Aaron Rodgers, baby, take all the credit you want. Absolutely. The in-house discord, I think they're equally responsible for. One is a bad coach who mismanaged players. One is a bad player who mismanaged coaches. <laughs> I just can't get over this. We, we said, I remember, was it one or two weeks into the season where the Lions are 0-2, I think, and we're going, could Patricia be the first coach fired? Since then, we've seen two coaches go. Gase, it's only a matter of time, right? And now you start throwing in someone like McCarthy. And, and Drew, could there be three, four, even five coaches fired before any headway on Patricia? I said it on Monday. Them beating Jacksonville may save his job till Thanksgiving given the soft schedule ahead. Lions could pick up. I'm not saying they're going to rattle off five of six. Patricia's never shown the capability of doing that. But maybe they split and stay afloat and play with your heart and keep Patricia around. Meanwhile, all these other coaches are going to get their heads lopped off. I, I do think it's crazy because this is a guy who had so much pressure on him coming into the season. I'm talking about Patricia. And he's not the first coach fired. He's not the second coach fired. I don't think he'll be the third coach fired. Drew, do you think, I mean, let's talk about it. McCarthy's not getting fired as a first-year head coach. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Which is he? If, it, th- yes. Th- th- there will be a fall guy. It'll be Mike Knoll in the D.C. Maybe. Do y- you think McCarthy actually could be fired? Yes, I do. Okay. I think McCarthy could be fired in season. I think if Jerry Jones sees that he has a playoff team on his hands and the football players on that playoff team are saying, Jerry, we're a playoff team if you get rid of this clown you put in charge. Just go out and get any football. Jerry, poach a coach from college, man. Go get that P.J. Fleck guy out of Minnesota. Who cares? We just need someone who isn't Mike McCarthy. Do you know I, I think Jerry Jones is going to listen to his players. I Honest to God. If there was an owner that would. It's Jera. It would be Jera Jones. Let me get one in real quick. Tom and Granville. Tom, yeah, no, you're on with we're, Big Drew and Jim. We're not in a rush. We got time for Tom. Tom, how are you? Good, guys. Hey, a couple of different things. You know, it's interesting because, first of all, those guys are hired to be fired. Look at yep. the NBA. You know, Doc Rivers, a lot of guys. I mean, McCarthy's got a 
Super Bowl ring, it doesn't mean, though, that you're an outstanding coach all the time. And the other thing I would say is, you know, I don't, I don't think the Cowboys are going anywhere this year overall because no matter what in the bigger picture, they're not going to win anything with Andy Dalton significant. They might make a playoff in a weak division. But the other thing I would say is I think healthy organization foster feedback within the organization. Yes. Because the, the coach is mature enough to do it or your boss is mature enough to do it. If you're using coercive power all the time, and you guys know this too in, in, in professional sports, hey, Aaron Rodgers can talk back where the second-string tackle can't. Right. You know what I mean? There, there, there's leverage there and what goes on and so forth. But I, I do think that healthy organizations and successful coaches foster an environment of you can come up and you can share with me your thoughts within the house. You know what I mean? But once you yeah. start getting public, that's a breakdown. Right. The, right. No, and Tom, and that's why I used HR as an example, Jim. In the business world, HR gives you the anonymous ability to Correct. file a complaint. In the sports world, the press is your anonymous ability to file a complaint, and you very much have the right to make an anonymous comment. But now, I, get, I get his point. In, yeah. in the best-run organization, yes, and I agree with you. And you that's don't what I'm, need to go to the press, and that's what I'm saying. In the best-run organizations, you don't need to go to HR. Right, you can go confront your coworker. You have in a good a way. enough relationship already. Yes. Exactly. See, yeah. we're, I, I figured we just yeah, look at us making it work, making it happen. So, so we're feeling good. We're doing well today. But someone who is not. Oh, Brian Fongers, you are you're having a hard time over there. You're fired up. You're fed up. You're angry. You're upset. I'm going to let you tell people what's got you irked today on the other side of the break. Something is grinding Fongers gears next on Big Drew and Jim. They make a surprisingly great Gus Macker team until Jim insists on running the train. This is Big Drew and Jim on ESPN 961. God love him, our sweet producer, Brian Fongers. Wouldn't hurt a fly. Heart of gold. Uh, He was not happy when he heard this news. It's Big Drew and Jim. Brought to you by Coors Light. Official beer of Big Drew and Jim. And Patrick Mahomes. That's pretty cool. It's made to chill, Fongers. I don't know if you know that. It's going to be okay. Oh, this is an outstanding music choice. This song goes hard. It's fitting, Fongers. Why are you all riled up? Well, Jim, Drew, a great tradition has been ruined. It's been ruined. I love peanuts. Woodstock's my favorite character along with Pigpen. Big Pigpen fan, Drew. Not okay. Sure, not sure if you knew that. I did not know that about you, Fongers. I like to cheer for the underrated characters in Pigpen and Woodstock. To me, very underrated on the show. It's not about the main characters sometimes, Drew. But this is an injustice. The Great Pumpkin, we've all seen it. It's a classic. They're not showing it on regular cable TV. I saw a lot of people were upset about oh, this. Oh, if you guys, I am, I am miffed. If you but, guys missed the news, if you guys missed the news, say, we're ten days out from Halloween for the first time, and I think it's over a decade. It's the Great Pumpkin. Charlie Brown will not be shown on free broadcast television. Oh, it's it's longer than that, Drew. It goes back to 1966. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. I thought maybe there would have been like a year where it like got interfered with or something, nope. but nope. Uh, you know, it is uh, something that is a Halloween tradition for many, including our beloved producer Fongers. Apparently, they're going to offer it on Apple TV Plus for free along with the other two uh, holiday specials, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving and a Charlie Brown Christmas. It's still not the same, though. No! As a traditionalist like I am, 
it, it's just not the same. We grew up watching these classics on regular cable TV. You need to suffer through the commercials. It builds character. Fongers, can I tell you, I personally am not as hurt by this as you are, but I understand it better than I thought I would. My fiance, this is this is her month of power, and not because it's when we're getting married. She's a Halloween girl. She's she's a spoopy lady. And she we own every one of these terrible, awful Halloween specials, movies, whatever it is, we have it on DVD or VHS and have the means to watch it. And Fongers, just like you who could easily stream your It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown on this Apple TV for free, my fiance, God bless her heart, will sit down and watch movies that we own on television with commercials repeatedly. Jim. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. No, no, what's, listen. What's the story there? You be careful there, son. <laughs> Easy. Be careful there. Easy. I mean, why, though? Well, we don't know who started it, so I can't say I'm going to be the rod to your Mario or the Mario to your rod, but violences will ensue should you cross lines. What I mean is, Jim, for her, it's not about just watching the movie. For Fongers... He's seen It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, 800 times. Never gets old. It's about the experience. It's about, well, well, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown is what, like 36 minutes or something? It's not not that long without commercials. But it's an hour with commercials. And it's an hour of time, Jim. And, and, And again, I know you're not familiar with this. So let me speak to the adults in the audience. It's an hour of time where you put down your phone you have a little nostalgia. You know it's going to be, and Fongers, I mean this respectfully, it's terrible, man. It is. It is cheesy. It is corny. It is terrible. But you love it. You love it. Most of my holiday traditions are cheesy, corny, and terrible, and I love them. We go over to my mom's house on Christmas morning, and we stand behind a piece of paper pretending it's an impenetrable barrier that we're not allowed to cross until my mom's ready to take pictures. We do cheesy, corny, stupid stuff because holidays, because it makes us feel good. And for Fongers and for a lot more people than I expected, part of their Halloween feeling good was sitting down with someone else and taking an hour to watch It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown at its scheduled time on broadcast television. I I didn't realize Halloween had been ruined. But I, I now realize how many people watch this. You mean you didn't realize Halloween hadn't already been ruined? Well, I was going to say, if 2020 didn't already take a dent out of it. Jim, I'm saying you've seen this, right? I hope I you've have, seen. but can I okay. make a confession that it's been a very long time? That this is not an annual tradition for me. That it doesn't hurt me the way it hurts you. Well, there's a character in there, a random character, dressed like a ghost, like half the characters yes. are when they go trick-or-treating, pulls something out of his little sack there and goes, I got a rock. That's you, Jim. Can we ask people as a poll question, are they as upset as Fongers is that they won't be able to watch It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown live on television? Are you as upset as producer Fongers? Daniel and Eric are in our messages on Facebook. They are upset. Sam thinks that that was a Christmas song I played. Sam, we are still the Thanksgiving station around here. And Linus and Lucy is a year-round banger. Sa-lap-sa. We're very particular. We celebrate Halloween, 
then Thanksgiving, then Christmas. We, we don't are, cut in front like some stations we do. We are a chronological radio station, damn it. We have order. Even For if, the people. Even if 2020 has not had a normal timeline, we're going to do our darndest to keep one. Listen, baseball has now finished sort after. Of. No, no, hold on. After basketball and hockey. There you go. Order has been maintained <laughs> in our world. And in Fonger's world, there. part of that order consists of around the end of October, figuring out, oh, man, we got to figure out how to look at the TV guide. Okay, now we got to figure out which region we're in for TV guide. All right, now that we figured that out, we got to figure out which channel it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie oh, Brown F- is on. Fongers, they're doing you a favor. You don't have to sit through commercials. People got smart TVs Bite now. Your forked tongue, you can serpent. You can still sit down in front of the TV and watch it like it's any other year. He doesn't want to hear that. 866-314-9696, premiering in 1966 on CBS all the way until its most recent airing on ABC. This show has run for 54 years. It's done now. Not going to air on traditional cable. It's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown, RIP. Jim, who's your favorite character? Who's your favorite peanut? If you don't say Lucy, you're lying. It's not Lucy. It is Lucy. You're a Lucy. Are you? You, a- you are. Jim's a. Come on. You hold on. Fonger, SpikeDonation.com. Bull question of the day is Jim a Lucy? Is a peppermint patty? I can see Jim being a peppermint patty man. Or you know what Jim's favorite character is? The teacher. Yeah, that's what we normally do when he talks. Sports, lions, statistics. I'm Jim. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, at least I know where I stand with you guys around here. You never are, leave it up to chance or subjectivity. I know exactly where I stand with you guys. We are children. We are children. It's just, Jim, sometimes you'd like to have things the way it is. And this is one of the instances for me that it's just it's just not the same. Somebody mentioned on Twitter, at least you yeah. won't be bombarded by the political ads. I get that. As, as a guy who hates politics, yes, that, that would be a positive, but... It's just, don't wreck a, a good thing. There are people grieving over this loss. You can, again, stream it. It will be available for free. We come back. Nico Collins opens up on his decision not to play at Michigan. I think this caught some people off guard. I think on this show we had kind of expected it, but we'll let Nico explain in his own words. He was on Adam Schefter's podcast. We'll let you hear from Nico Collins as to why he's not suiting up for the Wolverines this Saturday against Minnesota. Plus, Jim will find more things you treasure from your childhood to crap on. Can't wait. It's Big Drew and Jim. Reminding you daily that Jim has no idea who Meatloaf is. But he does know the redshirt freshman nose tackle at your local college. This is Big Drew and Jim on ESPN 961. Michigan plays finally this week against Minnesota, and they will do so without Nico Collins. At this point, not a surprise. I think you and I expected that, Drew. I think some people, and and, and appreciate you guys listening, we were a little bit surprised that so many people were surprised yeah. at Nico Collins not rejoining the Michigan team but I, I think there's a couple factors at play here. Yeah. The main factor 
is that you saw so many other top wide receivers in the Big Ten opt back in after opting out initially. I think that's why a lot of people assumed Nico Collins would follow the likes of other Big Ten's top wide receivers and rejoin the Michigan program. Or or, or how about his own teammates? We saw Jalen Mayfield come back to play after previously opting out. Listen, it's been a tough year. Everybody's had to make their own decisions. We'll play the audio from Nico in just a second. He opened up on his decision not to play for the Wolverines on the Adam Schefter podcast. The other factor that I think had people confused about why they thought Nico was coming back, Jim, yeah. was coaches speaking out publicly saying, we've asked him to come back. He kind of hints at it in one of the clips here. It's Big Drew and Jim, your chance to win 1000 bucks coming up in less than 15 minutes. We put a grand in your hand brought to you by WMGB Home Improvement. Grand in your hand on ESPN 961. Drew, there's two cuts. Quite frankly, I don't care which one you play first. I want to give people as much of Nico as possible just so they get a sense of why he made this decision. You know, I came back, you know, for my senior season. They canceled the season, and, you know, that was that was heartbreaking for me, you know, because I wasn't sure, you know, when the next time, you know, they would stay. You know, they was, they were saying in the spring, you know, um, Thanksgiving, you know, it was it was too many – unknown questions, you know, mm-hmm. to be answered. And, like, nobody really had uh, an answer to it. And, you know, so I just I sat down with my family, you know, I, and I just made a, a business decision, you know, because I kind of felt like I was just in no man's land for a minute. I think we can all relate to that this year. Feeling, Feeling like, like you were in no man's land? Yeah, like you said it was March for the better part of four months, five months. And I'm sure Nico was stuck in perpetual March going – there's no spring game. There's no off season. There's no season. What do I do? So he opted out. Now, Schefter asked him about the decision, Drew, to come back and play the eight games, and, and Nico explained why he didn't opt back in like some of his teammates. Kind of late, eight games straight. You know, I just didn't, I just don't want to get injured. You know, just something bad happened, you know. It, it just didn't feel normal for me, you know. it just I kind of just felt like everything was just – you know, just forced almost, you know, just pressure. And, you know, I just made the right decision. You know, I, it's, it's bittersweet for sure. You know, I want to be out there playing, you know, with my teammates and everything. But I just, I just had to make the right decision that was best for me. We'll talk to Anthony Broom of Maize and Brew coming up at 420. Some of his thoughts on the Wolverines not having Nico Collins and that matchup against Minnesota primetime Saturday night under the lights on ABC. But, Drew, after hearing Nico's explanation, I, I know you're very understanding of, of guys who chose to stay out and prepare for the NFL draft. What did you make of his explanation? I thought it made a ton of sense. Jim, I, I'm I'm a little bit – I'm a little bit um, – I'm a little bit – is it weird? I don't want to say that I, I, I feel proud, but, man, I really respect how – not just how – well, Nico articulated his reasoning for staying out. But how well thought out it all sounded. Look, he isn't a guy who's going back and saying, I blame the Big Ten for me missing my season. He's not going back and saying, I blame COVID. He's saying, look, here's what happened. I made decisions as they came. I don't regret it. Yeah, sure, I'd like to be out there playing football right now. But you know what? Given how it went down, given how it looks to him like it's going to go down, he wasn't interested, and and I respect the living hell out of that. Well, and and I respect this. it even more given 
that I thought his coaches put inappropriate public pressure on him to come back. And I don't know if that's what he was alluding to at the end of the last clip there, but he did talk about the pressure. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And how forced this season felt in his eyes. Yeah. Drew, he didn't have to play this season at all. He could have gone pro at the end of last season. Correct. And and it was a, a talented receiver draft. He made the decision to come back for his senior year, play it out, maybe compete for a Big Ten title. But plans changed. So many people can say that this year. Plans changed. You had to change. Drew, you're getting married at the end of this month. Not in the way you planned back in March. No, sir. You know what I mean? No, sir. Also, if you think we weren't planning until March, you don't know Amy that well. I'm just making the point. I know. I know. With with Nico, he said eight games in, in eight weeks with a virus pending and an injury that could happen. I'm not going to take the chance. And, you know, just to use wedding as an example, Drew, you're not doing a big reception, nope. right? So We're so doing you, a no reception. So, again, you had to shrink what your plans were a lot like the Big Ten did, and, and it will force some people, Drew, to, to delay entirely. And like there's nothing wrong with that. cell phone, no reception. <laughs> but it will force people to delay, and there's no yeah. problem with that. So, for Nico, he won't suit up for the Wolverines on Saturday, it does stand out, I think, for Michigan fans because they have guys who opted back in on their own team, like Jalen Mayfield, or their opponents have had guys opt in. Rashad Bateman, maybe the Big Ten's best receiver, plays for Minnesota. He was going to miss the entire season, but will now be there on Saturday. So Michigan doesn't get their big play threat back, but Minnesota does. Ohio State, Got several players back, whereas Michigan has not. Can I say how much I appreciate Nico Collins doing this, though? Because I think if Nico Collins doesn't do this podcast, right? Nico Collins doesn't come out and say these things. Nico Collins doesn't come out and clear the air. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would have tried to imply like, oh, he tried to come back and he couldn't. He tried to come back, but the the Big Ten's against Michigan. Can you hear it, Jim? Can, Can you hear it now? They let all those Ohio State guys come back just because Nico signed with an agent. They couldn't find a way around it. I think he was allowed to come back and play. I think had the desire been there, and that's what I got from that second clip we played, Jim. I got the idea that it had Nico Collins gotten his head, no, I, you know what, I, yeah, I really do want to play football this fall for Michigan. I think he could have. I think he absolutely could have. And just said, you know what? I don't think I need to. And Jim, if if I can be, if I can be honest, I don't think he needed to either. I think Michigan needed him to, or wanted him to at the very least. I think Michigan is significantly better with him. How big of a deal is it not having him? I know we'll talk to Broom about it. We'll talk more Michigan during the week. But Drew, as we're talking, Nico, like, what does his absence mean on the field this year? Um. It means one less reliable option for new quarterback Joe Milton. Big. It means you have to hope that you have developed a good enough relationship with the receivers who are still here. And, and if you're Milton, and Jim, here's what else I'll say. If, if you're Milton, Nico hadn't been on campus. He, he was gone. Gone, 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 gone. Right. 
right? You've been working out with the other guys. I wouldn't be too worried about it if I'm Joe Milton. The only thing is Michigan's a better team with him. I mean, I mean, well, Fonger's, yeah. 20 yards a catch last year yeah. at Michigan. I think where they miss him or will miss him is the deep ball. We keep hearing about how Milton can throw it 80 yards from his knee. Country mile. You know, Patrick Mahomes is trying to get tips from from Joe Milton, right? The, the legend grows by the day, and people highlight the fact that he can really throw the ball down the field. Well, the biggest play threat at Michigan is going to be watching on the couch this week. So I think that's where it hurts. The other reason why I think it hurts, they lost Tariq Black to a transfer and Donovan Peoples-Jones to the pros. Right. And they're really starting from scratch. They have a bunch of young guys they really like, and I'm sure we can go on 247 and read up on all their recruiting profiles, but they are as unproven as Joe Milton is. So it really doesn't give him any security blankets. I guess Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell is probably the one guy that he's going to have that's a great route runner that can help him underneath and help him pick up first downs. But I think Nico Collins would have been the guy to really show off Milton's best trait, which is the deep ball. Fongers, what about you? Like when you hear Nico's explanation and you look ahead to the season, where are you at? Look, you can't blame a guy for wanting to take care of himself and his family and staying safe during these times. I, I totally understand it. From a football side of things, Nico Collins is not going to get any more tape this year. Yeah. You've got these other high-profile receivers like a Rashad Bateman, some the other receivers on some of the premier programs, Alabama, Clemson, they're getting a lot of tape on them this year that are going to be draft eligible next year. This is interesting. Will it hurt his stock? Will it hurt his draft stock? I mean, yeah. look, he's looking out for himself. He wants to stay healthy, train for the combine, NFL draft coming up next year. I totally get that. The problem is, like I said, how far is he going to fall with his draft stock? I mean, he had a he had a really good year last year. No no complaints about it. But you know, these other these other receivers that are playing right now, they put on good tape. They accumulate some stats. They, you know, some of these guys continue to climb the ladder. What's it going to do to Nico Collins' stock? I mean, the farther you fall, well there there is an out of sight out of mind component to this. Yeah. I mean, he, he wasn't a 1,000-yard receiver at Michigan. I think good football coaches who flip on the tape will see that he's a, a big-time receiver waiting to happen. But I think they'll say, we don't need to take him in the first or the second. We might not need to take him until day three. Donovan Peoples-Jones went yeah. in the sixth round last year. So, I mean, I know you're sitting out the year and you're doing what's what he's described as a business decision. But, Drew, that is a fair question. In terms of business, yeah. there's a lot less money in the third or fourth round than there is in the first or second round. Could Nico have played himself into more money by playing this season? Yes. Yes. He absolutely he absolutely could have potentially played himself into more money. Jim, do you know what else he could do? Work himself out into more money. He, If there are, Jim, if there are senior bowls come this February, March, I guess January, February, wherever it ends up being. If there are senior bowls, do you think a lot of them would be clamoring to get a name like Nico Collins involved? And do you think Nico would be like, yeah, I'll run like five routes to show off for you guys in some live game action? Sure, why not? I don't think... The reason that I've said repeatedly that I think guys who believe they are guaranteed draft picks, right? And and I, I think I've gone as far as to say third round or higher. If you think you are a third round or higher draft pick, this season, at the very least, I would consider sitting out because of the chaos demon that it's become. 
I, I think Nico is at the very least a third round pick. At the, at the very least, I think the guy could play himself into more. Into more, sure. Do I also think that in what is a wild year where we've seen the NFL have a flourish of injuries, do I think he could have just as easily injured himself and cost himself draft position? Yeah, I do. But before we get to Anthony Broom here in just a second, and then we'll also, by the way, touch on some of the Mel Tucker press highlights. He spoke to the media this week, gearing up for his first impression as Michigan State football coach. We'll get to that at 4.30. Yeah. But the thing that Anthony Broom actually just uh, put on my radar here, Purdue is yes. filing to allow Jeff Brom to communicate remotely during Purdue's kickoff game against Iowa. Big Ten back this weekend. Brom tested positive, has COVID. I, I don't know which one. But he he currently is not with the team. And we speculated last week, would Nick Saban get special permission? Turns out he tested negative three straight days and it didn't matter. But Purdue is trying to get the ability for Jeff Brom to coach remotely. So keep an eye on that one because this season is going to be anything but normal. 866-314-9696. Anthony Broom on the other side of the break. Mays and Brew talking Milton, talking Nico Collins, talking the game of the week. College game day will be there, Michigan and Minnesota. Get into all of it next on Big Drew and Jim. They've won as many Big Ten titles as Jim Harbaugh. It's Big Drew and Jim on ESPN 961. Kind of late, eight games straight. You know, I just, just I just don't want to get injured. You know, just something bad happened, you know. It, it just didn't feel normal to me. You know, it, I kind of just felt like everything was just, you know, just forced almost, you know, just pressure. And, you know, I just made the right decision. You know, I, it's, it's bittersweet for sure. You know, I want to be out there playing, you know, with my teammates and everything. But I just, I just had to make the right decision that was best for me. That's Nico Collins on the Adam Schefter podcast. Won't play for the Wolverines this season. Said it's forced. Said he wants to protect his health. He made a business decision. I support it. I, I, I support it as well, but I should note, Michigan's going to be going up against Minnesota. And Bateman, their big play receiver, who came back. So that is something to watch on Sunday or Saturday night, which game day is going to be there. People have been looking forward to it. Big Ten football is going to be back. We have Anthony Broom joining us now from Maze and Brew. Better guests on Big Drew and Jim brought to you by ProTech Heating and Cooling. Anthony, a lot of speculation. It's finally here. Game week. How you doing? Uh, I I can't believe we're here. It's good to be here. Uh, the last time a schedule was announced, they pulled the plug on it like six days later, and we've gone obviously well over a month. It hasn't been without issue, but we're here. Games are happening. Uh, we're a couple short days away, and I'm, I'm pumped for it. Let's start with Nico, because we were just talking about him. Yeah, I tried to sit out the eight-game season, too. It didn't take. <laughs> How will Michigan adjust to not having him in the lineup in what is a big road contest for Jim Harbaugh? Insert script about his record in big road contests. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's big, but at the same time, you know, they haven't had him since they started practicing they went through a whole you know a whole month without him i don't think he's been with the program since i think september 12th was the date he signed with drew rosenhaus whatever it was and that's not that's not to downplay it because what you lose in him is you lose a guy who some people felt maybe had a chance to sneak into that first round could potentially be a day two guy in the nfl draft 
probably one of the best jump ball, you know, deep threat wide receivers in the league uh, in the Big Ten if he had stayed. And now he's not there. And what you are left with is a an offense that is replacing four starters on the offensive line. You're obviously breaking in a new quarterback, and you're a wide receiver room where Ronnie Bell was, you know, their most productive guy last year. But around him, you have a bunch of freshmen and sophomores who, you know, none of which really can replicate the, um, I won't say the athleticism, but definitely the size and the ability to, you know, get down the field and pluck the ball out of the air. Um, you know, the closest thing they have to that from an athletic profile wise in terms of size and everything is Cornelius Johnson. Like you said, he's one of those sophomores that we just don't know about. So um, it takes away another known commodity from a team that, has a lot of question marks and that is it's a huge concern i mean there there is there is no way to put it other than that but um you know on the flip side i think people would tell you they're excited to see what some of these younger guys can do in year two of this um you know speed and space offense so to speak anthony uh, i gotta ask you about this you you heard nico's comments and do you think that the bit about feeling pressured was any sort of reference to the public comments by the Michigan coaching staff and even saying they were reaching out, trying to get him to come back. Do you think it was that, or do you think it was just simply fans on social media? Uh, I mean, it might've been a bit of column a, a bit of column B. Um, no, I, I think regardless of, you know, pandemic altered season or, you know, just pro decisions that these college kids make in general, I'm I'm pretty supportive of that because football is finite. I mean, it could, you know, from Nico Collins' perspective, okay, you want to come back and play this eight-game season. What if, you know, you play one game at Minnesota, you get injured, and then there's, let's just say there's multiple outbreaks in the conference and this thing gets shelved again. You put all that preparation into one game and and kind of just lost it all just because of, of that. And like I said, it it's difficult. It's, you know, a little more, it's tougher to swallow if you're a program like Michigan, because like you guys said in the open, Rashad Bateman is back. Uh, Ohio State's opt-outs opt opted back in. So it's like, what what's the difference here? Um, you know, and quite frankly, to call a spade a spade, it might just be the expectation that Michigan maybe isn't one of the teams to beat in the Big Ten this year. And maybe just all of that combined into um you know, the decision to, to remain opted out. So, like I said, it, it's rough. It is a it's a concern for them. Um, I think a little bit bigger of a concern in terms of opt-outs for me is Ambry Thomas because I think you're nowhere near as deep um, in the cornerback room, but that's the position they find themselves in, and, and they've been practicing for well over a month without those guys. So um, it's not like you're getting – it's not like someone's opting out a couple of days before the game. They've – Right. They're as ready for this as they possibly can be. He's Anthony Broom, covers the Wolverines for Maze and Brew. Check out their stuff. They're all over this with Michigan football coming back on Saturday. And I'm happy you brought up defense. There's going to be a lot of eyes on the debut of Milton, and I'll be glued to that too. But Don Brown's defense versus a good quarterback, an NFL wide receiver, I do think of how Michigan has handled the the top option of the opposition and I think of Jerry Judy in the bowl game I think of Jonathan Taylor last year I think of Saquon Barkley a couple years prior J.K. Dobbins and and Chris Olave every time they play the Buckeyes Don Brown's defense let's let's not talk about stopping they don't even contain the other team's best weapon that's the side of the ball I'm really curious about and I think Michigan fans are a little concerned about 
I think it's more than a little. I think that's a big concern because at this point, this is year six of Jim Harbaugh. This is year five of Don Brown. Um, and I know that the roster's different, and, and they say that they, they tinker and they do some different things going into each year depending on personnel. The the proof is in the pudding there. When they go up against elite offensive talent, if they don't score, they're in trouble. And, I've, you know, the offense, that's a, that's a whole other concern. But now you come into this season where Lavert Hill graduated, Ambry Thomas opted out, and a guy like Vincent Gray who, you know, they, they have big ex, you know, there's been a lot of good feedback on him coming out of these, you know, these first, you know, this last month of, of camp or so. But, um, you know, he was expected to be a number two coming into this year. Now he's the undisputed number one. And you've got, like I said, a cornerback room where there's just not a lot of, I won't say talent, just, there's just not a lot of experience there. So much so where a guy like Sammy Faustin, who coming into the, you know, coming into camp was repping at safety has moved over to cornerback. And there was talk that Dax Hill might play um, a bit at corner from safety. I think they're going to be able to move him around too. But it's a concern. I mean, not only because, you know, even if they were at full strength and you felt good about the talent at each position, um, you know, we have, you know, we have four years. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The film here now on more often than not when they go up against those elite guys they kind of go off and a guy like another example a guy you didn't mention is uh you know like kj hamler at penn state yeah. last year um every time penn state needed kj hamler to make a play they got what they wanted there so it's a big test and uh like i said rashad bateman is back in um you know i, I think that they've got a pretty good balanced offense i know they have a new coordinator at minnesota but Seems like the concepts, the the principles, the things that they want to do, they will, it will kind of be the same. So, yeah, it, it's it's a major concern, and uh, I'm I'm of the show me variety. You know, there's always the hype. I know the talent is there. Uh, let's see if they can stop beating themselves. Anthony Broom, Maze and Brew, joining us here on the show, and a couple of the articles up at Maze and Brew right now go go through the amount of superlatives, uh, Anthony. I've been poking fun all offseason at the praise being heaped, heaped upon this Michigan team by the writers covering it. One of the words that no one really would have expected to hear a few days before a Michigan game was lockdown, stay home. How do you think U of M students are going to react as the night game against Minnesota is going on and they're supposed to be staying indoors? Well, I can't imagine how the students must feel. I think that they've been put in a, in a really a crappy spot from the start and that, you know, we're in this pandemic, we're in a global pandemic and your school okayed the idea that you would be allowed to come back to campus, to go to classes, to live on campus, live off campus. The school said they were okay with that. And then you come back to school Outbreaks happen because, duh, that's what the world we're living in right now. <laughs> right. And they blame, they blame you on that. So the optics of, 
and like I said, I the Big Ten's testing every day. They have the protocols in place. Michigan football itself has, I think, done a really nice job of adhering to those protocols and, and staying safe and staying healthy. Um, the optics of it aren't aren't great. I get that. Um, you know, from a from a football standpoint, and this is really what it comes down to is that we need to take the term student athlete and just fire it on a rocket to the moon because these are unpaid, these are unpaid employees. Yes, so that's that's what they are, and this is where this is all heading with the name, image, likeness stuff. That's probably down the pipe uh, sometime next summer, I'm guessing. So, yeah, it's it's a double standard, but at the same time, um, have to take the world for what it is. Yeah, as we'd like it to be. They make the university money. The conference is is paying for them to be tested every day. They have protocols in place, and that is. Uh, whether it's fair or not, I get it, but that's the re- the reality of the situation right now. So nope. for U of M students, sorry, but that's how it is, I guess. Yeah, no, Anthony, I, I appreciate you recognizing that it is very much so. We are, I, I don't want to say highlighting, but we are, I, I want to say, putting a spotlight on the fact that the term student-athlete was always garbage because these these are not student-athletes. These are athletes who happen to also have to be students to be able to be athletes. <laughs> Jim, you wanted to get yep. in here with something. Yeah, just before we get you out of here, Anthony, uh, Michigan ranked road game <laughs> under Jim Harbaugh, one and seven in those games. Anthony, I'm sorry I let him ask this question. We should have ended with laughing with each other. I apologize. I just I want to know how you view this because I, I can cut up the stats two different ways. I can say they're zero and seven outside the state of Michigan against a ranked opponent, or I can say Jim Harbaugh's nine and five as a favorite when he plays against ranked opponents. They are the favorite, according to Vegas, when they play on Saturday night against Minnesota. So should I think 0-7 bad things or 9-5 and good things? Well, listen, uh, <laughs> sports betting is allowed in the state of Michigan now. Uh, I haven't won a single bet this year, so <laughs> we're just I'm not the best person to ask about, about spreads. But um, the fact of the matter is, to me, I have less questions about what Minnesota can do than what Michigan can do. And I think on paper, you might be able to make the case that top to bottom from, you know, at every position, Michigan might be the the better football team. But I'm not so sure. Are they the better coached football team? Are they they good at quarterback? You know, I know that Minnesota is good at quarterback. I know that Rashad Bateman's a star. I know that they've got some size and experience on the offensive line. I know they've got good cornerbacks. So it breaks down to me. Um, you know, I, I'm picking Minnesota to win this game. I don't think that it's a death march for Michigan. I think there's a good chance they can win this game. But it's one of those things that usually when the spotlight is the brightest on them, especially on the road, um, the results haven't been great. So I, I'm that's not the be discouraging but well no anthony no one can fault you and and, and i think you said it you said it's you said you're a show me guy and i think i listen i'm not a michigan fan but i know we work with fongers he's a michigan fan and i think he's at the same point too where it's it's show me i I like this team i want this team to be successful but in the face of all evidence in the face of history i think people are saying show me so anthony i get where you're coming from sure well i think it it could be a very fun group to watch but it could it might not be so fun with so much use too. So we have, we have no idea what happens until toe meets leather on Saturday, and I'm excited for it. So we'll see. Seven thirty kickoff, Michigan, Minnesota, out in uh, the land of many lakes. 
Anthony, we'll look forward to talking to you with you with you again. All right, man. Absolutely. Take it easy, guys. Anthony Broom, Mason Brew, Drew. We're finally here. We're finally going to figure some things out about these teams. Oh, yep. Sort of. Maybe. I guess for this year, at least. That's. Can I tell you that's part of what bums me out the most about this college football season, at least as it comes to the Big Ten. What? I don't know how much we're actually learning about these teams or programs. What do right? you mean by that? We're going to learn how well they deal with adversity. Yeah. That's we're going to learn how well these coaches can adjust to limited padded practices. Well, we're going like, to find out who the best team in the Big Ten is this year. We already know that. We already know it's Ohio State. <laughs> we already know that. I guess that's kind of the thing for me, right? One, the, the drama isn't really there. The intrigue isn't really there. But You're not other- interested to see what, what Joe Milton looks like and if Michigan can have a pulse? Sure, I'm, I'm intrigued, but I don't know if it tells me all that much about, like, you're not excited for your Gophers to potentially go all the way to the Big Ten title game this That's year? That's part of why I hate it. Can I tell you that? That's part of why I'm having such a hard time with this is because I really want to be excited about the continued maturation of P.J. Flex Big Ten program, right? Yeah. But I don't really know what this year tells me about that. Like, you you know what it tells me? You made it. Well, Drew, You're here. Drew, it tells me the same thing it does that you show up for work every day, Jim. I'm proud no. of you for being here. Drew. I will be proud of the Big Ten for getting through a season. But I don't know how much more I'm going to be like, you know what? That was a really plucky Indiana year. I think Indiana's really turning it around now since Indiana was great this season. Now, now Drew, I'm, I'm going to remind you yeah. that this sounds a lot like the people who said, well, the titles during – uh, the bubbles don't mean as much. And what I'm going to tell you is they do, right? The team that wins the Stanley Cup, the team that wins the World Series, the team that wins the NBA title, those count. Those championships matter. There is a degree of difficulty there that we don't often have in a season. So what I'm saying is anything that Minnesota does or that Michigan does this season, or quite frankly, Michigan State does this season, counts, matters, is something to Wait, work no, 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 from. Yeah, 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 yeah. But just like I told you with the NBA, the NHL, and Major League Baseball this year, right, the NFL looking to be the only one to play a normal season. Right. And with college football, it counts in the record books. It counts. It is still college football. What I'm telling you that I don't know if you're hearing me correctly or not is it bums me out because I don't know how much I can tell you about the future of these programs based on what goes on this season. Okay, but let me paint you a picture. Let's say Joe Milton lives up to the the it's a, You know what it is? It's a one-off. It's a one-off. Maybe, but... You I, can really love a TV show, right? And then they do an episode that doesn't have anything to do with the overall plot going but, but, forward, but, but, and you're but, like, that was cool, but it didn't advance the narrative for me, but, and I really wanted to figure mm, out what happened. And I disagree. I think the, the narrative would be advanced because using your analogy, the cast will come back for season two in the instance of Joe Milton, who I know it's probably impossible that he lives up to the lore and the legend that has been uh, dispensed to us this summer. But let's say Joe Milton is the best quarterback under Jim Harbaugh. Right, okay. And let's say they don't win the Big Ten title, but he equates and acquits himself as, as a definite Big Ten guy, an all-Big Ten quarterback. That guy comes back next year. That gives you something to work from. For Michigan State, how about this? It's Mel Tucker taking over during, I think, one of the worst times to take over Michigan State football in a while. And he comes in there and lays a foundation, establishes a tone, a style, a mentality. They may only win two football games, but then when 80% of that roster comes back, he's got something to work off of. Right. And next year, I'll be like, okay, so we're really starting the Mel Tucker era next year. So this is year zero. Yeah. Did you hear, by the way, anything this, that he said in the press conference this week? For the record, this just feels like a zero year or like a half year. And it, it's that's what bums me okay. out about it, right? It's because, Jim, you're right. This will be a full year for these guys. This is a full year. This is going to be a full year for them 
And and to me, it just feels like a half year. Did you get a chance to listen to anything that Tucker said at his press conference? He said one thing that annoyed me, and 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 I don't know what you took out of it, but I was annoyed that I he, think I know what you're annoyed by. This stupid, like, now nah, I'm not going to do a depth chart. I'm not going to give you a... What are you doing? He's doing the same thing that I've defended Harbaugh uh, for doing. Oh, it's gamesmanship. Oh, yeah, it's I, gamesmanship. I'm gaining so much by this. I will be consistent. I defended Harbaugh doing it. I'll defend Tucker doing it. If anything, I think in 2020, you have more of a justification not to have a depth chart because you truly don't know who's going to test positive the Friday or Saturday of game day. And and Tucker said, we have a rep chart. We rep guys in. We've got guys who run primarily with the ones. We're keeping it to ourselves for right now. Ugh, and I so think it's dumb. Ma- Drew, I get why it's maddening because there really isn't a lot to point to for Michigan State football. And if you at least knew who the starters were, thank you. That, that may be a reason to get a little more juice. This is This is different from when it annoys me when Jim Harbaugh doesn't do it. Jim Harbaugh doesn't do it under the guise that he thinks it gives him a competitive advantage when you already knew who all his starters were. I guess in Mel Tucker's defense, you don't really know who's starting anywhere. So he might this not is, know who's starting. This is, but Jim, here is here is going to be where I'm going to be super annoyed with this is if Mel Tucker keeps up this gimmick after week one. Week one, okay, yeah, you have an advantage over your first opponent. All right, fine, sure, why not? Drop the gimmick. We'll, we'll, after week one, okay, so that's who's starting here. Cool, cool, cool. Unless they're terrible. And then it's like, okay, the person who was better is going in. Like, I, 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 I guess to a certain extent, week one, new coach, new era, all right, mystique, sure, why not? But, but Jim, because I can't come up with a better analogy on the spot, I'll use a slightly crass one. If you go to the strip club, eventually the clothes come off, right? Eventually you see what you're working with there. We're going to see what your lineup is, Mel. Oh, you hit it for three days. Tricky son of a gun. He's got to keep Rutgers on their toes on God, You got to keep Red MSU guessing. Now, I, I will talk to you a little more in the week because I do want to know what you're hoping and what Spartan fans are hoping to see out of a first impression. Because this is, I give him all of of the appropriate due. Yeah. He, he is inheriting a roster that has had a crumbling offensive line, right, that doesn't have a quarterback where he didn't really get his guys in or get to run his practices, this is going to be a really tough year for Mel Tucker. So I, I will grade him on a curve. I will. But I'm curious what things you're looking to see from your head coach. We'll explore that as the week goes on. I know there's just not as much buzz surrounding the opener for Michigan State that there is for Michigan. I mean, Michigan's playing in prime time. They're playing a ranked clash. There's a narrative for Jim Harbaugh on the road in big games. There is a lot more to talk about with Michigan right now. But we are going to keep ramping this up. We actually know who the quarterback is. I know, and I do want to do kind of a Big Ten preview on Friday's show. So we are going to build this thing up. Big Ten football comes back on Saturday. We've got around the NFL on the other side of the break. We're going to do our power rankings, and uh, and I think Drew's going to lose it at 5 o'clock. We'll have some fun with it. Totally possible. It's Big Drew and Jim. Fonger's fact. Producer Fonger's cuts a striking profile and is often mistaken for a young George Clooney. It's Big Drew and Jim on ESPN 961. There's a pot of gold at the end of this rainbow. When we wrap up around the NFL, it's going to tee us up beautifully for our 5 o'clock hour. Big Drew and Jim, show brought to you by Coppercraft Distillery. It's the official bourbon and gin of Big Drew and Jim. It's better when you drink it. It's not so good when you use it for other things. It's not good for taking a bath in. 
I, I, I don't really like it personally for styling my hair with. But drinking, sweet God, it's delicious. If you go to ESPN961.com and you sign up, you can win 50 bucks to Coppercraft Distillery when the Lions win. And it might be the most Lions thing possible to see this team go on a win streak. That's something we'll also get into in the 5 o'clock hour. What is the most Lions outcome for the next month of the season? Drew, let's go around the NFL. Wednesdays, typically Jeff is here. Normally there's a jefe. Tomorrow. We had to reschedule. Tomorrow, Jeff will be in. So that means today is our power rankings. Oh, yeah. The power rankings no one asked for. Dinner table conversation here in West Michigan. We're back on that. You sit down tonight and you wonder, why did Drew have blank at number five? (laughs) Drew, you want to go first? I mean... Sure, I feel weird having this team at number five, given the news that they've received this week. I don't think that they'll still be here next week, but I can't leave an undefeated team out of my top five, so the Tennessee Titans have made their way into my top five. There they go. Derrick Henry, arguably the greatest rushing offense in the league, all by his lonesome. What bad news did they get? Losing Taylor Lewan for the season? I didn't see that. Yeah. When did that happen? You didn't know about this? When did this happen? Jesus, Jim, was, what rock are you living it under? It was a tough Sunday for former Michigan players. Devin Bush out for the year. Taylor Lewan now out for the year, both with torn ACLs. Yeah, why I don't love having Tennessee at number five in my rankings, but why they definitely deserve to be there. Torn ACL for Taylor Lewan. Yeah, it's that's done. A, that's a big deal. Done. Big, big deal for the league's best rushing team and why I kept them only at number five. I was tempted to put them higher, but no Taylor Lewan means they will only be here for a week, in my mind. Number four, I have Brian Fonger's Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore! They need a bye week. They did. Oh, oh, oh. They almost, so. they almost blew it on Sunday. They need a bye week to kind of recharge because, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, they get those Steelers. That's a big one. Yeah, massive. Uh, Number three in my power rankings, the Kansas City Chiefs, Le'Veon Bell's new home. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire took that personally. I hope he won't take it personally when Le'Veon does him one better and one-ups his stat line next week. That means number two is the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I will keep them at number one because for some reason, people keep moving the Seahawks down the board. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For having a bye week. Um, Russell Wilson is still the league MVP. The Seahawks are still the best team around, even with... A not-so-great defense. I fully believe Pete Carroll will have that defense playing well in time for the playoffs. All right, I'll work my way backwards. I have Seattle number one as well, but I, I don't think they're a perfect team. They, they're they not without flaws. No, agreed. I admitted that defense is suspect. Specifically the corners. I mean, it's yeah, going to yeah. catch up to them. They don't get a lot of pressure, and they leave those dudes on islands. My number two team is the Kansas City Chiefs. The rich get richer with Le'Veon Bell coming to town. Number three for me is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Keep in mind that defense is their calling card. Losing Devin Bush is something I'm keeping an eye on. 
I think it's very possible that they get leapfrogged by my number four, the Baltimore Ravens. But is Mike Tomlin the closest thing to a next man up coach in the pros? Absolutely. And they, right. that, that team specifically, yeah. at linebacker, specifically. they reload. Right. Who's, whose offense is better, by the way, Baltimore or Pittsburgh's? I think Baltimore's is better, but Pittsburgh is an offense that can do more when they're trailing. Pittsburgh I, has, I, I yeah. Think, I think if you play some of these better teams, you may find yourself in a hole. I trust the Steelers to dig out of it more than I do Baltimore. Yeah, I think their running back rooms are a push, Fongers. I think Baltimore has the better quarterback, which is the more important position down the stretch. But to Jim's point, the Steelers have significantly better wide receivers. All right, Baltimore's four for me. And then my number five is the Tennessee Titans, who I did not know were playing without their left tackle. And my others. (laughs) Understand football. You earned that. And my others receiving votes. Oh, I forgot that you do this crap. I have Tampa, which demands some attention after beating a team that I had in the Power Five last last week. Drew, wait for it. It's coming. I have the Chicago Bears as a team receiving votes. Ah, you're trash. Five and one, Chicago Bears. You're trash, Jim. You're trash. One of the game's best defenses on the other side of Lake Michigan. Worst five and one team. You guys don't understand football. You're trash, Jim. I have the Bills in that next group. Their only two losses this year are against Tennessee and Kansas City. Yeah, they belong there. They they belong to be in that next group. And then I had to take them out of the top five entirely, but I'm not just going to forget about the Packers. I think their loss last week was frightening for a lot of reasons. Drew, it reminded me of the NFC title game where they got blown out, where they are just not physical, and, and, and where their lack of weapons is exposed when they play against a similar foe. Let me talk about a team that doesn't have a lack of weapons that was not in your silly little receiving votes category in the LA Rams. Okay, four and two. Four and two with a bad loss over the weekend, which is why I think people are not talking about them. But I still think they have a chance to rebound and be very good this season. Are they on Monday night this week? Uh, Yes, they are. Against the Chicago. See, we'll have some movement. We'll have some movement this week. The other team I'm keeping an eye on is the Saints with Michael Thomas back. No more discipline, no more injury. He'll play for the Saints this week. Fongers, anybody we left out or that we should be keeping an eye on? Well, golly, Jim, you included half the entire NFL on your rankings list there with your honorable mentions. Nice. I mean, do you have Arizona on there? I don't. I'm intrigued by them, though. I mean, they play the Seahawks this week at home. That's going to be a big measuring stick game for them because they're going up with against the game's best quarterback right now in Russell Wilson. I said there was a pot of gold at the end of around the NFL, Drew. Yeah, where is, what, is, what is this? What is this? I don't know if you've seen the latest some from Adam of, Schefter. Some kind of racist leprechaun joke you're setting up against me? I didn't you realize. are Irish, aren't you? Yeah, yes. I am. Yeah, I, I didn't realize this guy was still around, by the way. I am, uh, Fongers, I, I, I think if this is going the direction I think it's going, I think you're going to be on my team. Adam Schefter reporting within the hour, Antonio Brown's suspension ends after week eight. And? And the Seahawks oh, come are on. positioned to make a push to sign him, it, and they're not alone. That's the part that makes me angry. That's the part that makes me angry. Wait a minute. They got DK Metcalf. That's all they need. Listen, if the Seahawks were trying to sign Antonio Brown just to keep him away from the rest of the league because they have first shot at him for some reason or another, fine, that I can understand. Why in the world? Rich get richer, Drew. No, but. Arms race. 
Yeah, I guess if you want one of your arms to be bat bleep crazy. Uh, there's no doubt he is. If you want one of your arms to maybe stab you in your sleep, Jim, I go to bed at night not wondering if one of my arms is forgetting to wear gloves when it goes into a cryo-freeze chamber. It does seem like a risk you don't need to take when you are the number one team in the NFL. This is an arms race, except the bomb that you're buying knows the codes to set itself off and might do so in your bunker. This is idiotic. The fact that Antonio Brown is going to get another shot in this league is embarrassing. Jim, do you want to know why it's embarrassing? Why? I'll tell you after the break. There is a laundry list of things you could give me as to why Antonio Brown is not the right fit. Oh, I want to tell you why it's embarrassing that more than one NFL team is interested in this guy. It's embarrassing. And a former Lion is the reason. Ooh. Speaking of Lions, are they a fit? Get out. Leave. Go home. Right now. No one wants you here. Antonio Brown may be back in the league. We'll get your reactions. Plus, the most Lions outcome for the next month is... It's Big Drew and Jim. Not signing Antonio Brown. Running it straight up the middle of your radio. Lined up in the wing tee. Just the way Fongers likes it. This is Big Drew and Jim on ESPN 961. So you don't think Antonio Brown's going to be a lion? I think if you keep bringing it up, you're going to catch a smack. (laughs) Breaking news from Schefter that Brown will be eligible to join a team after week eight. The Seahawks are the favorite, but they're not the only team with interest. Yeah, the shocking part isn't that uh, Antonio Brown is eligible to rejoin the NFL after week eight. It's shocking that more than one team is interested in the oft-troubled former chip. I wa- you had to throw that in there. Oh, I'm sorry that you guys went to the same university and are we, both mentally unstable. I don't know that we claim it. Oh, you got hold on, Fongers. SpikeDonation.com poll question of the day: Does Central Michigan University claim Antonio Brown? Still, still. At one point, no, good point. We no, d- did. Good, good point. Still. Yeah, no, I'll give you the still. I'll give you your. I'll give you your qualifying word. Okay, five oh five. We're gonna get into the most Lions outcome for the next month. Big Drew and Jim brought to you by Coors Light, world's most refreshing beer. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And Drew, you think a lot of teams need to chill on Antonio Brown. Because the guy has no chill. Antonio Brown has proven repeatedly that he lacks chill. Uh, Jim, from everything we saw on his social media following his whole like mental breakdown, exiting his way out of the league, he also didn't seem to have any remorse or desire to change, or want to be different. Everyone on Twitter, people who knew him, Antonio needs help. Someone needs to get him some help. Jim, not that we have any any business, but if I'm a team that's interested in signing Antonio Brown, are you going to want to see some receipts that he got the help? Because I'm I, personally, if I'm a GM of a team, I'm going to want receipts that you have gotten help. Because this is a man who demanded a trade, got traded, didn't like where he traded to, so he physically mutilated himself, according to his own report. Listen, if you want to go through the receipts, uh, Paul Gallant, he's a radio host out in Seattle, 710. He has a long article up that details just some of the things you may even have forgotten about Antonio Brown over the last couple of years. I mean, and, it, yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't need to go point by point. 
Honestly, I don't, I don't need to go point by point, and I'm not going to. But what I'm going to tell you is the reason why I think it's pathetic and embarrassing that NFL teams continue to obsess over a guy who was at one point talented, but at this point is more trouble than he's worth. Jim, what was a topic that I was forced into doing just a week ago that I definitely didn't want to do regarding a former Lions wide receiver? I don't know. What was it? Travis Fulgham. Oh, yeah. People wanted to crap all over the Lions franchise because a guy who they cast off after having in camp went off for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jim, Travis Fulgham is the reason that you don't need to waste your franchise's time, energy, and emotion on the torture that is Antonio Brown. Yes, Jim, he is singularly talented when he is on. Can we confirm that he is, in fact, on right now? Well, and I'd go a step further because the the list of things that he has gotten himself into are troubling. But right but, beyond but, but, beyond but, but, a football but, but, standpoint, right, right, right. Yeah. But 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 then let's put it into the world where okay, let's just judge Antonio Brown, the football player. Do we know if he is still a great wide receiver? Was he a system wide receiver in Pittsburgh? No, 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 not only that. Do you know Antonio Brown's not a 26, 27 year old prime of his career wide receiver who leads the league in catches? Dude's 32 and he's been out of the league for a little bit here, right? So it is fair to question if a guy who was so quick, that was his biggest trait, right, is he was such a quick receiver. He was violent, man, off the line. He was, yeah. Not not having that get-off, that burst, that quickness at 32 years old at the receiver position, will he be as lethal? I don't think he's a bum. I think in a world where he got his life together, he could help somebody. But the problem is, I don't know if he got his life together, and I don't know if that's worth the risk for some of the league's best teams. I really don't know who it makes the most sense for. But when Schefter says Seattle's the front runner, I think, really, you're kind of one of the best offenses in football. Is that what you want to do? So I don't know who it is, because Schefter says a bunch of other teams are interested in Antonio Brown after week eight when he's eligible. There's some breaking NFL news for you today. Drew, I asked the question, what's the Lions' most Lions season? Like, what what is the rest of this month going to look like and the next month going to look like in the most Lions scenario possible? Yeah, we got some, We already got a fun tweet about that, Yeah, by the what way. do you got? Did you see that? You didn't see this one? No. Kurt says the Lions will ri- rip off six in a row wins and Coppercraft's out a quick three hundo. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Would a win this week or a loss this week be the most Lions thing? Let's start there. Yes. And that's the beauty of the Lions, Jim, and the curse. If they win this week, it's the most Lions thing ever to beat up on bad football teams and get your hopes up. And hurt your draft stock. And keep this coach here longer. Oh, baby. If they were to lose, it would be the most Lions thing because after the most convincing performance of the season, they would lay an egg. The best defensive performance of Matt Patricia's tenure in Detroit, according to many reviews, including opposing quarterback Gardner Minshew. And I would say, Drew, if they lose this week, it's going to be because Patricia's defense is not so special. It's going to be because Matt Ryan finds Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley a whole bunch. So I don't know what the more Lions scenario is. Let's make that a poll question to kick off the 5 o'clock hour. All right, Fongers, SpiteDonation.com, poll question of the day. Go to SpiteDonation.com to send a letter letting people know you've donated to spite them. Use the code JIMSUCKS, all one word, JIMSUCKS, at checkout to send a Spite donation today. What's the most Lions outcome, a win on Sunday or a loss on Sunday? And then I want to broaden this for the next month of the season. Yeah. Up until Thanksgiving, 
what's the most Lions scenario? Because, Drew, I, I do think it's similar to that message we got. I do think it includes them winning this week, despite what's good for them. Yeah. I think it includes a win over the Colts, even, to give us that false, like, hey, they beat someone Three with a winning win record. Streak. Yes, and, and it probably has them at 6-6 six and six going into December, give or take a game. It has them at about 500, and in that conversation about whether or not December is a playoff month. That's the most Lions outcome possible. Not actually transforming into a good football team, but beating up on some bad ones, taking advantage of some wounded teams, and creating a sense of false hope. That is the most Lions scenario possible. All right. Them beating Atlanta and the Colts and potentially Minnesota as well, that that would be the most Lions scenario possible. The most Lions thing possible, Jim, and as usual, you are wrong, is to lose on Sunday. It's to lose on Sunday because it's a game you should win. It is a game, emphatically, I, I think most would agree, you should win. They have fired their coach, the Atlanta Falcons have. Mm-hmm. They are a garbage football team, right? Yeah. One of your most prominent fans is in the media calling for your starting quarterback to be traded. T.I. T.I.P. Coming live from the VIP. And Jim, the most Lions thing to do would be to lose a game that doesn't get your head coach fired, because it won't, to lose a game that in the end probably doesn't end up improving your draft position at all, and to lose a game that many would argue you definitely could have won. That, I think, is the most Lions thing possible. We even circled this before the season as potentially a win, right? We're not going to get it that easy, though. I I think most Lions fans want to see Quinn and Patricia gone. We won't get it that easy. They're going to win a couple of these games. Well, right, right, right. But this is this is me pushing back at you, right, and, and, and reinforcing reality with Lions fans, that there is no, I'm sure until Bleacher Report has it Sunday morning, huh. there is nothing from the Lions front office to indicate that a loss against the Falcons expedites well, other than common sense, I mean, well, yeah, losses- no, listen, every loss puts them closer, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But what I'm telling you, Jim, is there's nothing that says the timetable accelerates beyond the end of this season, which is, again, to remind folks, the finish line that Sheila and her mother set for this, for this regime last year was the end of this season. That was the finish line that was set, not be in contention in week seven, not beat the Falcons or you're gone. Drew, I think my biggest fear was them beating Jacksonville leads to Patricia staying through at least Thanksgiving. And, and Drew, maybe that's going to happen whether they win or lose on Sunday, to your point. But I think the most Lions thing in the world would be to start to get people to believe in Patricia. And that's what stringing together wins would do. To, to ensure that Lions fans' emotions are toyed with thoroughly. That is the most Lions thing to do. Losing, Drew, would quickly put people back into the camp of, I won't believe in them. But a win may sucker a few more people in. A win against Atlanta may sucker a few more people into believing that this soft middle-of-the-season schedule is ripe for the Lions. We've already seen columns being written, and they've only won one in a row. We've already seen people speculating from, like, prominent newspapers in town 
that this team could go on a run. And beating Atlanta would only add more fuel to the fire uh, no, and build Jim. Lions fans up for more of Jim. a letdown. That is the most Lions uh, no, scenario. I'm sorry. Alex has beat both of us. Alex, you've won the game. I'm sorry. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, sir, the points are yours. What did he say? The most lines thing is a tie. <laughs> Alex, you've won. I can't beat that. Unlimited Big Drew and Jim points are yours. Sir, you can't redeem them for anything. But Congratulations. They're good for nothing other than a better shirt than the one Tim Collishaw is wearing today on Around the Horn. That's a whack shirt, man. I, you got to do better Nothing than wrong with that shirt. Uh, mm, I don't know, man. That's like an old man bowling shirt. If he was going to bowling league, fine. He, you don't know. He might be. Look, but look, at, come on. That's a rough look. He looks like my dad. And and again, my dad does not dress say, to the nines. Okay. Kevin does not dress in nines. He, he does not. Most of the time, my dad's clothes have paint on them. And I feel like if you pan down, there's some paint from a previous project Tim Kalashaw was working on on his clothes right now. Or a grill stain. Drew says a win would be the most Lions thing ever. I, or I say a win would be the most Lions thing ever. Drew says a loss would be the most Lions thing ever. Fongers? What do you say? Well... The most Lions outcome on Sunday would probably be a win because this is a game that people are looking at going, that defense against those skill players, not a chance. You know what's going to happen, though. Matt Patricia has been known to do this. He finds a way to raise some eyebrows and pull off a road victory against someone we never thought they'd go up against. I know the the Falcons are 1-5, but they've got they've got some – some playmakers on the edges there, and that defense against good teams so far this year, Jim, has not lived up to the supposed billing that the coaching staff was boasting about before the season began. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing we don't really agree on what the Falcons are. Fair. Does, does that make sense? Because, Drew, I think you're saying the Falcons are a bad team and the Lions should win. Well, be, here's the thing. And I think Fongers yeah. is saying, no, no, the Falcons have an offense – that will give the Lions defense fits, and they should lose. Defensively, they're horrid. Atlanta. Well, And Fongers, I'd push back against you, my friend, because what do the Lions do best on defense? And I'm not telling you they're good on defense, but what have they done best this season? Oddly enough, they've defended the pass fairly well. They're, they're actually, I believe, in the top half of the league. Barely. They're like 14th. They are worse against the run. And Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, Atlanta isn't running the ball incredibly well. They're throwing the ball incredibly well. Hey, 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 you well. be nice to Todd Gurley and his arthritic knees. I will He's be, trying his best out there. I will be incredibly kind to what's left of Todd Gurley and his Velcro cleats. I am sure that he straps them on one cleat at a time, just like everyone else in the nursing home. But Jim. Drew. I don't. And again. I believe that Atlanta's offense is better than Jacksonville's at passing. But Atlanta's offense is not as good as Jacksonville's at running. I think I understand where Fongers is coming from. Matt Ryan is much scarier than Gardner Minshew. 
Factual, actual, Fongers. Yep. 100%. Julio Jones, much scarier than DJ Chark. Doot, 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 doot. And Ridley is better than Chenault. I, I think they'll score more points than Jacksonville, definitely. I think this is a closer football game. I'm simply telling you that I think the Lions' offense is better than the Falcons' defense. And that at the end of the day, that's what's going to matter. The Lions run the ball better than the Falcons. Weirdly enough, the Lions run the ball better than an opponent, you guys. Crazy. I, the, the Lions do messed up stuff to us, man. We're like playing the whole reverse psychology game here to decide what they're going to do to us on Sunday. I want to hear from more fans. Detroit's going to play a 1-5 Atlanta Falcons team. Is winning the game or losing the game the most Lions thing possible? Plus, Drew, we keep talking about Patricia as a coach who should be fired, but why there may be another coach leapfrogging him in that conversation. It's next on Big Drew and Jim. The unofficial mayor of West Michigan. And Jim, this is Big Drew and Jim on ESPN 961. I I mean, I'd have to rush two, and I know you guys would not like that if I rushed two and we tried to double all these guys, so we're not, we probably can't do that. I mean, I don't know if I have a coverage that can handle all these guys, um, but I would say it comes down to trying to be effective and make, you know, make the quarterback, make Matt work here, you know, pre-snap, post-snap, and mix it up on him and try to make it hard for him. Yeah, we got our hands full here for sure. And I look forward to that. I mean, the players do too. Be a great challenge. And uh, we'll go out there and give it everything we got, see what happens. Lions DC Corey Undlin on facing Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Can I say that? Arguably. I, I mean, I, I, I think um, Nuke and Fitz might have a word with you. But would they? No, nah, I don't know. I don't know that they would. I don't know. I don't know. I th- you know, I'm going to change that. Not arguably. The best wide receiver duo in the NFL, Calvin right. Ridley and Julio Jones. How about that? All right. Lions going to go up against him this week. We've been asking you, what is the most Lions outcome possible? Winning this game or losing this game? It is nearly 50-50 on our poll question right now. Spike donation, poll question of the day. Vote on Twitter at Big Drew and Jim. I've said the most Lions thing possible is to win. Because you already have people saying... This is a soft part of the schedule for the Lions to start winning. And by winning, creating a false sense of hope, suckering Lions fans in for the inevitable disappointment. Also, Drew, people look at Atlanta as a good offense and Detroit as a bad defense. They should lose this game, but they'll go out and win this game because they need to break your heart and they can't do it by losing. If they lose, well, okay, keep them in the gutter. Nothing to worry about. This team is... It's just a matter of time before they fire their coach. I'd love that, but they're not going to give that to me. They're not going to give that to Lions fans. They're going to beat Atlanta because it's the most Lions thing to do. 866-314-9696 on the Coppercraft Distillery Hotline. We keep talking about Patricia as a coach who could be fired. A lot of pressure on him this season. But there are coaches leapfrogging him on the list of coaches next to be fired. We'll mix in another one in just a second. But, Drew, why is losing the most Lions thing possible? To me, losing is the most Lions thing possible because in my mind, they actually should win this game. They should go in and beat the Atlanta Falcons. And someone someone tweeted and said, how can you say that they should beat the Falcons when the the Falcons are favored by Vegas? Well, sir, I opened my mouth. (laughs) That's how I said it. Uh, I also, again, looked at these teams and said, hey, here's what 
Detroit does well. And, and guys, this may surprise a lot of you, but if you've been listening to the show this week, it shouldn't. Jim, this year the Detroit Lions run the ball really well. Like, they have one of the top offensive lines for running the football in football. DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson have, in alternating weeks, been very good. Good one-two punch. And Jim, again, this may come as a, as, as a shock to you, the Lions are actually not terrible at stopping the pass. They are awful at stopping the run. Just god-awful at stopping the run. Right. But Jim, they are not the worst at stopping the thing Atlanta does the best. The thing Atlanta's not good at, well, they're not good at stopping, so thankfully they're not going to have to stop that thing that much. Okay. And, oh, yeah, Atlanta's defense is real bad. Oh, it's really bad. It, oh, in fact, it's real bad. It's, and it's a defense even worse than Detroit's. It is, Jim. It is. And what do you think Detroit will look to do this Sunday? Do you think they will look to, A, be defensive stoppers and B, or do you think they might? Look to outscore this Falcons team. I I think a game where the onus is on the offense to score and win and losing that with your best unit as the unit that should go out, Jim, you said it yourself. This, after last week's, should be the offense gets right game. This. Even more so. This even more so. Uh, You have argued with me. A defense even worse than Jacksonville awaits them with Atlanta. You have argued this is a week to start Matthew Stafford in fantasy football. Well, maybe not if you have Russell Wilson. Not if you you have a better option available. True. I have a top five option. That's different. But, Jim. Yeah. This should be a get right game for your alleged top 10 quarterback who has not played like a top 10 quarterback this season. All right, we've got some comments I want to get to. Dave says, at Big Drew and Jim, the most Lions thing to do, win this week and the next four. <laughs> get to seven and three, get oh, all yeah. of our hopes up, only oh, to go. yeah, baby. Only to go two and four over the last six. Give me that good stuff. For a final record of, wait for it, yeah. nine and seven. The same exact record that did not keep Jim Caldwell but Dave says, would save Patricia. Yes, it would. They then get blown out in the first round of the playoffs. Oh, it's terrible. That is the most Lions thing that could happen the rest of the season. Let's go to the phones. Matt is in Kalamazoo. Matt, thanks for having some fun with us. You're on with Big Drew and Jim. Uh, Dave's comment takes the cake for sure. That is the most Lions thing I've, heard, I think I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Uh, my, my comment was uh, actually the most Lions thing ever for me would actually be in a tie in this game because both of these teams are known for blowing leads late in the game. So I can just imagine getting into the late in the game. They both start airing it out, scoring points, somehow magically get into a tie, go to overtime, and end the game in a tie. You've got that right. These two teams are some of the worst at holding leads. Mm -hmm. Within the first month of the season, we were reminded of it. I think the Falcons blew two straight leads of 15 or more points. I don't think anybody had ever done it in NFL history. And then the Lions are over here going, hey, we've blown six straight double-digit leads going back to last year. Don't forget about us. It is the Spider-Man meme. Yeah. Two different Spider-Mans pointing at one another. That's what this game is. Yeah. Both quarterbacks in their 30s that have had some big statistical performances, both with defenses that are great at giving up leads. Yeah. I mean, that's the game on Sunday. But these are two offenses that are going to look to do very, 
opposite thing. You are really big on the fact that the Lions are transitioning to a run-first team, whether people are ready to accept that or not. They are transitioning not just to a run-first team, Jim. They're transitioning to a team that's not trying to run a ton of plays. Jim, this season, the Falcons have run the third most plays per game. Yeah, it's track meets. Do you want to know where the Lions rank? Do you have an idea? I'm actually curious. I don't know. 30th. They have run the 30th most offensive plays. Well, some of that makes sense when you have a defense as bad as they do. Yeah. It's just try to keep them off the field. And guess what? They're 12th in time of possession. Okay. They want to control the ball. I got to tell you, you're convincing me this week that to the naked eye, you go, okay, they're trying to run the ball a little more. I wouldn't have believed to the degree to where their identity has fundamentally changed, but let me keep going. Let keep me keep going, going keep buddy. Going. Let me keep going with you, okay? Because what the Falcons want to do is pass the ball. They are second in the league, I, I believe, currently in passing yards. Jim, do you want another shock to your system? Go for it. Do you want to know where the Lions' defense currently is in passing yards allowed? It's actually probably pretty good, right? Fourth. Top five, Jim. Are they real? I'm passing looking, I'm looking yards that up. allowed. That doesn't seem real. I'm looking that up. If I, listen, unless I, unless I am looking at my stats completely wrong, you're going by yardage. I am looking at I listen, I may be cherry picking. <laughs> I may be cherry picking, Jim. What, what what I would tell you too though is they might not be giving up a volume of yardage, but I bet you quarterbacks who play them have a high quarterback rating cuz I think about Trubisky coming on strong in the fourth quarter. I think about Rodgers having no issue. Um Kyler Murray weird performance did not play well, but Drew Brees was just fine leading five straight touchdown drives against the Lions. I guess Minshew didn't look very good either. Nope. So, I, you know, I, I don't know. We're five games in. We're five games in. I, I, I would think their pass defense is worse than that. But, Jim, to your point, the Falcons' pass defense is abysmal. Yeah, the, the, dead last in yards. Yeah. Dead last in touchdowns. And overall, as a defense, 28th in points allowed. Set 30th in red zone touchdowns. The Lions' offense needs to get right this week. So the most Lions thing to do would be to lose and get shut out. Score no points against a league-worst defense. That would be the most Lions thing to do. I have the Lions 15th in opposing passing yards per game. No. But I I think your point is people would be surprised that they're even there. That they're even up there. Yeah. Yeah, I think the perception is they can't cover anybody. They've had all their corners injured and they can't cover anybody. I think some of the explanation is... They just haven't. How's this? Can I argue? Well, hold on. They've been one of the worst run defenses in the league, so teams primarily run. And then if it is close in the fourth quarter, they are able to pass and get conversions and get to the end zone and win. It's why Patricia has blown 11 fourth quarter leads as a Lions coach. Can I make the argument of perception versus reality? Go for it. Because I think the perception is that the Lions are a very bad pass defense team, and it's the same perception that had people thinking Jeff Okuda had a very bad day on Sunday. The Lions' pass defense is bad at bad times. No argument, no pushback. It is bad when it needs to be best. And sometimes it is very good when it doesn't matter at all. Jeff Okuda, Jim, people think early in the game. They picture that 35-yarder he gave up. They don't remember that he gave up less than 30 the rest of the game and went to lead the team in tackles. I think the perception is the Lions' defense is abysmal because the run defense is bad. And because for two years, Jim... That has been the rallying cry of the Lions, I guess, critics, is this defense is so bad, it's not helping this great offense. And in a weird twist this year, the defense has been not great, but better. And the offense 
has needed some bailing out thanks to defensive creative defense creating turnovers. All right, here's one from Ben. He says the most Lions thing would be getting knocked out of the playoffs in Week 17 by a bad, he says, a four-win Vikings team. Oh. So they would build themselves into contention. Yeah. They'd get to the final game, I think, January the 3rd, the yep. final Sunday of the year. Yep. We'd be sitting there going, mm, look our chops. That's a bad Minnesota team. Yum, yum, yum. And they'd blow it. You know, oh. that, that, that may be more Lions than even Dave, who had previously thrown a pretty good one out there. Yep. Drew, we've talked about, hey, how this season's going to go, and I have made the case for Patricia to be fired ad nauseum on this station. Yeah, it has been ad nauseum. So I want to introduce some new characters to this conversation because Patricia wasn't the first coach fired. That honor went to Bill O'Brien, who was then followed up by Dan Quinn. And I think we're all waiting for Adam Gase at some point and Doug Marone, who just lost last week to the Lions. But may I add a first-year coach to the mix. Is the situation in Dallas volatile enough for Mike McCarthy? Oh, sing the sweet song of my heart. This is a big story in the NFL today as Cowboys players are anonymously ripping this coaching staff in the media. Quote, they don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. They just aren't good at their jobs. Multiple Cowboys players sounding off. Dallas, we talk about bad defenses, Drew. They've given up the most points in the league. They're giving up a touchdown per quarter on average. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. They've given up the fifth most points in league history after six games. They're awful. Dreadful. With no signs of improving. And now the players are revolting. I mean... Maybe the answer is they fire the D.C. and put a Band-Aid on it. But, Drew, is there something brewing in Dallas that could be volatile? Yes. Could we see McCarthy go? Yes. Wow. Guys, guys, look, this is not me trying to overhype. This is not me trying to hurt Dallas fans. This is not me trying to look. When Dak Prescott went down, what was the first thing that we started talking about? Well, this team's crazy. Jerry Jones will do anything to try and win. They could trade for Matthew Stafford. Jim, this team is still, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, are they, they, they still are in, they are, are they in first place? Dallas? Are they in first place? They have two wins, technically, I, I believe. Yeah, I, I think that puts them in I first believe in that, that puts division. Them in, I put, in the they worst. have twice as many wins as the next team, right? No, again, I, I could be wrong about that. There could be some tiebreaker that makes the tie greater. Than, well, whatever. You, you have what is technically still a playoff team in Dallas, potentially, right? Right, so the idea that we're talking about a coach on the hot seat no, 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 no. That is why we're talking about a coach oh, on the hot seat. Oh, okay. That is literally why we're talking about a coach on the hot seat. Jim, you have been adamant that you think Matt Patricia is a detriment to this football team. He holds them back. Right. The players have disagreed with you. Right. They are not at uh, at the Dallas level. Or the Houston level. And maybe there's something in the water in Texas. Who knows? But, Jim, what I'm telling you is the Dallas Cowboys players – believe that Mike McCarthy and his coaching staff are holding them back on a weekly basis now without their starting quarterback. They would rather have Andy Dalton calling the plays from shotgun. 
And, and I, I don't I don't know that I can disagree with them because A, I'm not there, and, and B, I was not a fan of Mike McCarthy in Green Bay, where no. he was also lambasted by players for not being prepared, not being ready, and not being focused on being a coach, just picking up a paycheck. And to follow up on it, McCarthy's response today is embarrassing for people with the last name McCarthy. I- <laughs> it is humiliating. <laughs> it is. You want to tell people what he said? Yeah, Mike McCarthy uh, went out of his way uh, today to to basically say you shouldn't make anonymous statements to the press. Honestly, he basically said, uh, you know, he doesn't want people to go to if you're if you're man, if you're a man, you come talk to people. Well, if you're a man, we handle it in house internally. Well, well, Drew, I think you would agree the perfect environment is one where people can do that. But I think what he's missing is he created an environment where people feel they can't. Yeah, but do you want to, do you want to hear his Matt Patricia moment? Do you want to hear his... I think I got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. Because he had one. Because the criticism is they're not prepared. Yeah. Do you want to hear what his response was? What? Via the Cowboys official website. Quote, maybe, frankly, we're trying too hard or we're overcoaching. Oh, no. It clearly has put us in a position we've been playing uphill every single game. I'm just such a super duper coach. Do you know what the honest hurting us? Do you know what Mike McCarthy? Do you know what the do you know what the garbage thing is here? What Mike McCarthy has an out. I know he has an out. They lost their quarterback. He, he they lost. They, their, they, they how, also how many lost, Hall of Fame players did they lose before that? Uh, and I was going to say this off season they lost so many guys on that defense. Injuries this season too. Multiple have linebackers. Them. Yeah, listen. The fact that they're in first place, weirdly enough, is impressive. Now I know in that division nobody is running to to <laughs> to celebrate and crown them, but Drew, they lost their franchise quarterback. They don't play a lick of defense. Like, McCarthy has the excuses. Yeah, but, like, look, here, and the excuses include Prescott's injury. Like, valid excuses. Tyron Smith's injury. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch missed the first four games. Sean Lee he's is out, on injured yeah. reserve. I think he's always been on injured reserve. Didn't they reserve. lose Byron Jones? Byron Jones signed with the Dolphins. Uh, Trayvon Diggs uh, still hasn't gotten a pick this season. Uh, Neville, Neville Gallimore, Bradley Allen. No one has really stepped up. For for the Cowboys, Drew, what I think is going to happen is if they keep losing and they're playing a one in five Washington team this week, if the Cowboys lose another game, it's probably because their defense isn't good and they'll yeah. fire Mike Nolan. Yeah, they'll fire Mike Nolan as the scapegoat. They'll still fight for the playoffs because that division allows them to do so, even with Andy Dalton at quarterback. <laughs> How about this on Nolan? Because because I know that seems like a really easy take. Say just fire the DC. Yeah, but I found a doozy of a stat today. Hit it. So Dallas has allowed 14 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns through the first six games. The last team to do that, right? That's a lot of points. The last team to do that, yeah. Mike Nolan's 05 49ers. Good Lord. So, I mean, dude, if you're architecting some of the worst defenses in the league, uh, you're the first dude that's going to get fired. Jim, let me go, let me go full hot takery. Yeah. If these reports continue. Right. If you continue to hear about unhappy players in Dallas, mm-hmm. Dallas plays Thanksgiving, don't they? They sure do. I think if the players are still unhappy and Dallas is in first place and they win Thanksgiving and players are still unhappy, I think you could see Jerry Jones fire Mike McCarthy 
So that's not only hot, that's scorching because you're I talking about it. a win. But, 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 let me help you. Let me let me come over there, Drew. Get over here, baby. Jerry Jones is the one owner that you could actually see that happen with. Gather around the fire. Jerry Jones is the type of owner where if the players want something, he is the most willing to listen. Warm your hands around my blazing take. Oh, Lord. 866-314-9696. How about this? A world where the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving and the Lions lose, and Patricia still coaches longer than McCarthy. Yep. How about that take? That world could totally exist. I fully believe in that world. I fully believe in that world. Hey, we we do have to hit the break. I got uh, Nico Collins in his own words on why he's not playing for Michigan on Saturday. We'll play that on the other side of the break. Again, a thank you to Nicholas, who dropped off a gift for me today, a tradition that is starting around (laughs) here. A tradition unlike any other, thank God. Uh, I was a temporary Jags fan last week. I am now a temporary Falcons fan. And after receiving a camo Jacksonville hat last week from Cameron, Nicholas has hooked me up with a camo Falcons hat to sport on Friday not like, and on Sunday. Not like trendy camo, like woodland camo, like going to go hunt some deer camo. My temporary Atlanta Falcons. We come back, Nico Collins. It's Big Drew and Jim. This is a real sports show, not an infomercial. This is Big Drew and Jim on ESPN 961. Shoot your shot. Nothing to freak out about, but something to monitor for tomorrow. Lions without Trufant, Ragnow, Flowers, and Marvin Jones. Drew, it's a Wednesday practice. I'd sit any vet with a bumper of bruise on Wednesday. Check back on Thursday, see if those guys are practicing. Friday and so on. Lions play the Falcons on Sunday. We've asked you what the most Lions outcome would be. A win or a loss. We'll reset that. And all of our poll questions coming up in less than 10 minutes. I said we'd hear from Nico Collins in his own words. He won't play for the Wolverines on Saturday against Minnesota. And I do think it's a big deal because he was their biggest deep threat. And their brand new quarterback throws one hell of a deep ball. So we've been told. Not having Nico Collins, who averaged 19 yards a catch last year, in a receiver room that already lost Peoples-Jones and Tariq Black, yeah, going to be an experience going on the road against Minnesota. As for why Nico made that decision, well, Drew, he said he kind of felt like he was in no man's land this year. You know, I came back, you know, for my senior season. a canceled the season, and, you know, that was, that was heartbreaking for me, you know, because I wasn't sure, you know, when the next time, you know, they were say, you know, they was they were saying in the spring, you know, um, Thanksgiving, you know, it was it was too many unknown questions, you know, mm-hmm. to be answered and like nobody really had uh an answer to it. And you know, so I just I sat down with my family, you know, I and I just made a, a business decision, you know, because I kinda felt like I was just in no man's land for a minute. I think we could all relate on some yeah. level in 2020 about not knowing when this would end or what would be next. Right. And, as, and as football fans, I mean, Drew, there was a moment where I didn't think the Big Ten was going to play at all. And, and Nico speaking to that, I think, is relatable. Well, Nico speaking to the idea that he sat down with his family and made a business decision is super relatable to me. I, I think what may jump out to people, though, and he's certainly within his rights to make that business decision, his contemporaries on his team and in his conference majority so, elected to come back and play the eight-game season. As for why Nico did not choose the option to come back once he saw the schedule, he provided some more context. 
kind of late eight games straight. You know, I just didn't, I just don't want to get injured. You know, just something bad happened. You know, it, it just didn't feel normal for me. You know, it just I kind of just felt like everything was just, you know, just forced almost. You know, just pressure, and you know, I just made the right decision. You know, I, it's, it's bittersweet for sure. You know, I want to be out there playing, you know, with my teammates and everything. But I just, I just had to make the right decision that was best for me. Again, that's Nico Collins on the Adam Schefter podcast. Drew, I know you're very supportive, as am I, of players making decisions for themselves. Yeah. What did you make of his explanation? And then I want to get to these poll questions. Fongers, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak a little bit to your heart. Fongers, do you remember the year that Nico Collins committed to Michigan? Uh, vaguely. It was the same year that saw star tight end Jake Butt plummet in the NFL draft after injuring himself. Playing in a bowl game. Playing in a bowl game. Playing in... Ooh, I'm going to get some heat for this one. Playing in a meaningless football game. Hey, Saturday's not meaningless, Drew. No, no, no. But if I'm Nico Collins, an eight-game season thrown together at the last second, or the rest of my life. Bro, that's not even a hard decision to me if you put it that way. No. And if I'm Nico Collins, as Michigan is recruiting me as hard as they could, right? Because he committed in 17, which means that's when the push was on. I would bet he visited. I would bet he met Jake Butt. I would bet he watched what happened with Jake Butt, and I would bet that that is informing his decision at least some amount. And I'm not going to question his desire for Michigan because he chose to come back for his senior year. You know what I'm saying? And he alluded to that. I wanted to play this year for Michigan. This year put up roadblocks and obstacles and uncertainties that I didn't feel comfortable with. More power to him for not being pressured into something he didn't want to do. Michigan will have to move on. They'll play Minnesota. We'll talk more about that game Thursday, Friday, do the picks and, and the whole biz. But again, I think people forget 2017, Nico Collins watched Jake Butt, who won the John Mackey Award as the most outstanding tight end in college football, tear his ACL in the Orange Bowl and drop to the fifth round. If I'm Nico Collins, nah, that's not going to be me. That is not going to be me uh, against Minnesota. That is not going to be me in this ninth week of the season crossover game. That is not going to be me in the meaningless dot com bowl come March, that, whenever they play that, it. That Michigan will inevitably that inevitably they will be, be invited playing. in, and I'm sure it'll actually end up being played on on you know Valentine's Day, whatever the most important new day is. I don't know. The point I'm making, Jim, is I think that there's context here for Nico Collins at Michigan. You don't even have to look outside of your own university. There is context for Nico Collins to go. You guys remember what happened to that guy who was here? Okay, and, and, and Drew, uh, that's fine. And I know I'm not fighting with you. I'm just trying to present it to any Michigan fan who is saying, Nico abandoned us. No, I think you guys should say, look, Nico, you made the right choice for your family. But, but I, oh, just for the context of why some people may feel that way. Yeah. His own teammate, Jalen Mayfield, who is projected to be a higher draft pick, who had more to risk, had to factor this in as well, and he'll be playing for Michigan on Saturday. I'm not using that to shame Nico, but informing why Michigan fans may feel that way. Michigan's also going to be playing against Minnesota. Rashad Bateman is a better receiver than Nico Collins, at least in terms of draft profile. He also averages about 20 yards per catch. 
he's going to be a big-time problem for Jim Harbaugh's defense and Don Brown's defense on Saturday. Yes. So that may inform why people feel the way they do. Um, I ultimately will side with the individual making the decision that is best for him and his family. Right. Not, not a university that, you know, it, it doesn't pay him, right? You know, he's yes. got to worry about the rest of his life, and he thinks he can be one hell of an NFL player. Uh, Jalen Mayfield also is, is on, I believe this is going to be his senior season. This would have been Nico's senior season. No, Nico. This would have been Nico's fifth year, I believe. Fongers, correct me if I'm wrong. He's been there four. He redshirted a year. Um, no, I think Jim's. Correct. Okay, I could be wrong on that. I apologize. I apologize. Here's our poll questions from today. Speaking of Fongers, yes, we asked people a very hard hitting question. We said, "Are you as upset as Fongers?" that the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown won't be shown on basic cable television. The movie is called It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown? Yes. He's not calling the man a great pumpkin, Jim? God, get it right. Fonger's is shaking that, his is head. Is that necessary? Yes, that is, that is necessary. necessary. Anyway, I was in the hall earlier, and, and Dave, our co-worker, is like, a travesty that it's not airing. And he's with Fonger. 64% of the audience says, yes, they are as upset that they will not be able to watch It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown on basic cable television. You asked, is Jim a Lucy? 76% said, yes, yeah. Jim is a Lucy. You're totally a Lucy. Two more poll questions from the show today, brought to you by SpikeDonation.com. Does CMU still claim Antonio Brown is one of their own? 62% said, yes, Jim yeah. Laws are still doing that. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the last one, what's the most Lions outcome for this Sunday? I'm telling you, it's switching back and forth. 51% right now say a win. Check back in five minutes. There's your poll questions today. Six o'clock hour. We're going to have some fun. Drew's going to stump for Swift. Sir, I mean, that's, I don't think it's hard to it, do. It's, and it's I don't not think I without have merit. Yeah. I don't think I should have to be doing it. It bothers me that I, the Lions coaching staff forces me to do obvious things that I think they should be doing on their own. That bothers me. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? We'll do it anyways. It's fine. And it's we'll fine. name our favorite Falcons from Atlanta's history. We'll just go through. That's going to be a thing that we do. <laughs> We're just going to go through and uh, and do it. Um, big thanks to Anthony Broom for coming on today. If you guys missed Anthony Broom, you can always get the podcast for the show. They are free. Fongers works so hard to make sure those go up for you guys every single day. The, the amount of care and effort that Brian Fongers puts in for We don't people. deserve it. We don't. We bluntly, we, we, we frankly, we don't. We don't deserve the love and attention of Brian Fongers. You guys do, though. You, the audience, do deserve that. You open up the iHeartRadio app on your phone. It is free to download or just go to ESPN961.com and search for the show. You can find the podcast for free. Check out some of the embarrassing shows that we did during the pandemic. They are really horrible to go back and listen to. They're called Big Drew and Jim. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.